Bring it in. Welcome to another episode of The Read Option and a very special Read Option because this is our 50th episode. 50 wow. episodes of The Read Option. And there's the only one episode. There's only one way to do it. You heard the voices. We got the whole crew together previewing week four in NFL week five in college football. But boys, we hit 50. 50 years old. We can almost apply for AARP and uh, yeah, just like me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so before we get into the football stuff and, and checking with you guys, I just want to give a massive shout out to anybody listening to the pod regularly. Anybody who's been with us since the beginning, I was actually texting uh, legitimately like one of our OG listeners, one of our number one fans, uh, my buddy, Ryan Kakaiko, who's been with us for literally since the first episode, uh, faithful listener. Great guy. Uh, we were talking about, man, just like the growth and everything to how much it's gone on. And, uh, you know, our numbers and everything are as good as they've ever been. We get more people listening every single episode. We get people tuning in from all over the world, which is insane. We have people in Africa who listen. We have people in uh, in Europe who listen. We have that big Denmark population in Belgium kind of squared away right now. Shout out to the uh, the people over overseas. And we're all over the country, too. So anyone who's tuned in, anyone who's taking the time to listen, if you're listening to this right now, just a very sincere thank you. Because when we started this, you know, we're by no means some big podcast or anything, but, you know, it started with three guys who just wanted to shoot the shit about sports and myself working in sports media. I wanted to do a pod and get to do it with two people that I love, you know, when they're able to. And it's been great because, you know, I've got a chance to do some solo stuff. I've gotten a chance to work with you guys one on one. I've gotten a chance to do interviews and uh, I'm just very full of of uh, of just thanks and appreciation for everybody who who has tuned in. So thank you, guys. 50 episodes and uh, yeah. here's to another 50 and, and onward and upward for the read option. Um, now that we got that out of the way, I am one to be sentimental. If anyone knows me, how are you guys? How are we doing? Oh, I'm great. Just peachy lost again in fantasy football. That's 17 in a row. 16. What's in a the, row. Sorry. what's the day count by the way, since your last 700 win? days, according to, uh, James, my, uh, my best man, James, who's also in our league, 700 days since I last won. And that was a three-point win against uh, the guy I was playing this weekend. So congratulations, oh. Omar. So, uh, uh, you know, it's rough, but here we are. Uh, I'm back in the saddle. It's all fun and games, boys. It's, uh, it's demoralizing, but it's all fun and games. You guys laugh now. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get there. I'll get you back one day. Every Monday night slash Tuesday morning, we get texts from Scott being like, I hate fantasy. This is stupid. <laughs> what am I doing? This is ridiculous. And I'm, I get genuinely sure, I concerned because I've, I've sat like anyone who's watched an Eagles game with me or been with Vito when he's playing video games. It's kind of a similar energy. But <laughs> but like Scott, I get I get legitimately worried because it's, it's fantasy. Be. And and he's three and oh in his other league, but oh, and three and hours. He didn't win a game last year. We all heard Scott Hansen rip, we don't need rip to broadcast. him to shred. <laughs> but you know what, Scotty? This is the week. This is the week. It's going to happen. Well, I believe it's, it when I see it. I want happen. you to keep losing so that Scott Hansen comes back. He might throw you out That'd of the That'd be kind of cool. Man. Yeah, yeah, like I'd if be you okay don't win again and like you send him the scores and it's like, shit, he actually tried and made good moves. He's going to be like, man, this guy, 
he needs a shout out. So you might want to play that card. Well, you're top three in like points for like you're doing this. It's honestly at this point, Dude. it's just he's number two. Oh my yeah, God. number two in points for last week. You were number one in points against at least. But either way, Scotty, I do hope you have some good luck here soon. We'll get there. I'm good though. I'm good. Otherwise, everything's going well. House good, is great. Do you know you're, you know you're back in Philly? Still? I'm in Philly uh, for uh, shit. I think I leave tomorrow. Uh, I've got another wedding this weekend. Um, and then heading to Cleveland for a week and a half or so. And uh, I don't know. We'll see where I go. Um, yeah. But no, I also have the wind takes you. <laughs> I also have a wedding this weekend. The older brother of the listener I was just shouting out, our buddy Ryan, Nick Kakaiko, is getting married to his lovely bride, Julia. So I will be awesome. up in Philly Congrats. for a wedding this weekend. Shout out to the uh, the Kakaiko family. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, do you, would you have a place to stay? You want to crash in my place? Yeah, you might just uh, you might just see me roll in random. You won't be won't there. Be... I might just break into your house. I, I can tell you how to break in. There's actually a way. Don't don't worry about it. I won't say it on air, but let's uh, let's get together after. As long as as long as Philly PD doesn't uh, doesn't come. But it involves me. a match, <laughs> <laughs> a crowbar, and a guy named Brick. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a tube sock, that'd be useful too. Um, so. I love it. So before we get into the week four matchups in the NFL and what is an absolutely loaded weekend in college football, I have to take a minute. You guys know I, I try not to be overly, overly Philly on this pod, right? You know, I like oh separating boy. it all. We, we were recording before the Monday night game uh, uh, on Monday, and thank God mm-hmm. we did. Because if we had been yeah. on during the same time, <laughs> I would have just left the Zoom and said, Vito, you got it, man. Just I don't give a shit bring a dog in to host the pod. I don't give a crap. Um, so oh, I I've, I've digested and we're going to do a little, said a little Philly bubble here. Cause there's, there's some craziness. Like four years ago, if you would ask me like, like, Hey, what's the future of Philly sports right now? I would have said it's as good as ever. Right. You know, the Bryce Harper rumors were coming. The Phillies were kind of overhauling their front office. There were some things to be hopeful about. The Flyers had just had the number two overall pick, got Nolan Patrick. You know, they were on the cusp of being a good team. People thought, hey, man, we're right on the edge. They're on their way up. The Sixers, super promising, and Bead and Simmons and everyone else coming together. And then the Eagles win a Super Bowl, or at least we're about to win a Super Bowl, right? Carson Wentz, future of the franchise. Everything's going right in Philly. And now here we are four years later, and I don't think I've ever felt worse as a Philadelphia sports fan than I do right now about the current state of Philly sports. To run it down for you, the Flyers have decent expectations, but honestly, after the the shortcomings, not even making the playoffs last year, I have no faith in what we're going to see out of the Flyers coming into 2021-2022. The Phillies, who have a chance this three-game series against the Braves, they were down two and a half games, could have ended up in the playoffs. They're now going to miss the playoffs after dropping two in back-to-back games against the Braves. The Sixers are in absolute turmoil, and I have to, I have to give a public apology to everybody who's listened to me talk about basketball because Ben Simmons, I've been the ultimate Ben Simmons apologist for a long time because I've always believed in his skill set. I've always said he's right there. People don't appreciate him enough for what he does well, which is true. I will stand by that. But people don't appreciate him for what he does well. What I can't defend in this Ben Simmons situation is his teammates, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, uh, Matisse Thibel, all asking him, we want to get on a plane. We want to fly out to you in LA. We just want to talk to you, see what we can do to try to get you to come to Philly. And if you're not familiar, Ben Simmons is holding out, not coming to camp. He said no. 
He said, no, don't come. I'm not going to meet with you. All right. Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, and Doc Rivers go out, and they actually got a chance to meet with him. Apparently, he said no more than five words in the entire hour and a half meeting with Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is mentally soft. He's been reluctant to actually improve his game. And he has single-handedly taken a team that has bent over backwards, a fan base that has pleaded with him and has been behind him since the day he got into Philly and has completely made – like he is public enemy number one in Philly right now. Oh, yeah, he's got to be, knowing the Philly fan base. I mean, geez. Those those folks are going to eviscerate him. And it's well-deserved at this point. And so I need to publicly apologize to everybody, <laughs> to everyone, everyone I've ever argued with about Ben Simmons. Because Thank this, you. I'll take that. Because at this point, though, I do stand by that we don't appreciate what he does well. He is not the kind of guy and not the kind of person in Philly. And for those of you know, you are my buddy, Ryan, my buddy, John, Scotty, you, I am sorry. Because at this point, Ben Simmons you can kindly fuck off and get out of Philly because I am out of, yeah. I'm over this. And I, honestly, at this point, I just wish they had, could have pulled off the James Harden trade last year. And of course they did. It's, and that, yeah, imagine that. <clears throat> that brings us now to the Philadelphia Eagles. So you guys, I was on tech server with you guys on during Monday night and I was less than um, positive throughout that game. And I've taken a couple days. I took notes during the game. What we saw Monday night was a complete failure on every single level of the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles organization. I don't blame one particular person, one particular coach, one particular side of the ball. It was a complete and utter failure, and I'll break it down for you. Starts with Nick Sirianni. You run the ball three times, three designed runs in a game when you actually have an advantage against a weak front seven. Three times, that's an embarrassment. You put your quarterback starting in his seventh career game ever in an impossible situation on national television, asking him to be the savior. Clearly, he wasn't that. Defensively, James Gannon, you're going up against an offense that can bully you with their front five, that can also destroy you with your with their wide receivers and has arguably the best one of the best running back tandems in all of football and you play too deep safe too deep cover two the entire game and leave your undersized under talented linebackers to be the only playmakers on the field by basically doing nothing but rush four sometimes five and asking Alex Singleton to not only shed a pulling guard or a fullback and tackle Ezekiel Elliott But then you also can't cover worth a damn in the secondary. So your two deep zone isn't even freaking working. So that was one of the wildest part. Like nothing they schemed worked. They it was just dude, that was that was a very bad game. But I all right, Jeff. But I know you're gonna blame the whole organization. Can what was what was there one piece that you can hold on to that's positive from that game? Is there anything from the team? No. I will say this, Miles Sanders, when given the ball, which again, only had two carries, ran for 25 yards. So maybe, you know, give the guy who could be a top 10 back talented, you know, a little bit of volume, ball. 
Yeah. How about Darius that? Slay no. eliminated Amari Cooper from the game. Just flat I'm out eliminated. Saying. And made that huge tackle on the goal line, even though he actually played it wrong and was two steps too deep in the end zone. He got lucky with Zeke's leg and shin being down short of the goal line. That led to the fourth down stop. But inevitably, the Eagles got three and out after that, so it didn't even matter in the long run. Other than that, no. There, there is not something that you can pull away feeling positive about. Because after the coaching staff, which is an, an abysmal job, play calling and defense both were terrible. And I get it. I'm not an NFL coach. I don't think I could scheme up anything better than Nick Sirianni did. But I at least would have known to run the damn ball. At least would have said, hey, let's at least try to help our quarterback, who's essentially still a rookie. Let's at least try to help him when – all of the evidence when you did run it shows that it was going to help. That and against a, a really meager front seven, I'd say, for, for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Give your young offensive line a little bit of, you know, hey, we, we can do this, right? Mm-hmm. And Landon Collins, to his credit, was doing a great job. I'd love to have seen him done even more, get up into the to the second level so he can take a guy like Michael Parsons or at least try to give a little confidence to those young guys so you can get the run game going. And Hey, all of a sudden now you've got the, the, the front seven on their heels. Safety's got to come up. Corner's got to come up and play press. Now Devonte Smith's wide open. You got Jalen hurts. You can sling the pill a little bit and to, to get Devonte Smith, a, a, a touchdown deeper, at least put yourself in position to win ball games. So 100%. that's, that's what the colossal failure is to me. And I can't believe that- it either because like what, what I was thinking too, is that, as a when you look at Jalen Hurts' skill set, the Eagles have been one of the highest rushing, you know, yards per rush, uh, rushing yards per game teams in the last two years, especially when Jalen took over. But when you have a quarterback that is young and starting, everyone wants to run the ball more, especially when you're going up against a high powered offense on the other side in Dallas and how much they can throw. Like, why not limit the possessions and, and run and the, the clock? And, or at least give, yeah, give like, your defense a break. down. Give your defense a break because, and this is the part that's the most painful in all of this, is I have to compliment Dallas, which is that Dallas's offense is terrifying. Their front five is ridiculous. They can run power down your throats. Without Leal Collins, too. Yeah, without Leal Collins. They can run the ball power. They can run the ball in jet sweep, and they can run even a little bit of option stuff with with Dak Prescott and and stuff. They, the way they use Zeke, we saw Zeke go back to like Ohio State Zeke, which is just run him in between the tackles. But so Tony Pollard likes to run in between the tackles. Oh, I hate Tony Pollard that. Can run don't anywhere. do that, Scott. Don't give me the eat. Don't do. Don't give me the feed, Zeke. Oh, I hate it too. Don't oh, give me my God. And then on top of it, too, the reason the Eagles were playing that kind of a defense is because they they were so afraid of getting beat by the wide receivers, which I get. But Dallas didn't have Michael Gallup in this game. And you have Darius Slay on the outside. So at the very least, give Steven Nelson a little bit of safety help over the top while he's playing up against C.D. Lamb or, or match Darius Slay up with C.D. Lamb, whoever you want to take out, and let Darius Slay take that guy out of the game, which he did. And give your linebackers some help. But that is the hard part about going up against Dallas's offense, which is loaded. Now, you mentioned the Landon Dickerson there thing, Scotty, which is him moving up to the second level, getting the running game going. We're already seeing the injury bug play, you know, bite the Eagles again. It's three weeks, three different starting offensive lineup combos. Brandon Brooks is out for another – he's on IR. He's out for another six weeks minimum. Jordan Mailata sprained knee, missed that last week. I didn't know that until the game started. So now you got Andre Dillard playing left tackle. Isaac Samalu now done for the year with a Liz Frank uh, sprain in his foot. 
And you're basically left with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And Lane Johnson has just not looked good this year. He just hasn't. He's gotten called on multiple holding penalties. He's given up multiple sacks already. And that is problematic when it comes to a guy who's been the anchor of your offensive line for the better part of the last decade. And that is where the last piece of this, when I say it's an organizational failure, comes in which is that the front office is now putting a rookie who is less than 10 months removed from tearing his ACL in the college football playoff. And you're asking him to be your, you're basically your sixth offensive lineman, the guy who fills in when you have, when you need somebody to fill in one of those interior spots. And he has looked terrible. He looked terrible against San Francisco and he looked terrible against Dallas. And on top of it too, he was banged up and limping off the field after the game. So the Eagles on all, every level of the organization failed. And it was on display. Now, it's a long season. I did not have super high expectations for this team. And I said it after last week. I said week three is going to be a big, big moment. But I think what we're, re- what we're realizing is Nick Sirianni wearing a beat Dallas shirt for seven days in a row. All this cheeky college high school coach bullshit is not going to work in the NFL. And how is he going to adapt to this? Because right now, I need to see something next week. And guess what? They're playing Kansas City. So good fucking luck. Oh. <laughs> All right. Eagles bubble over. Oh, yeah. LaShawn Jackson retired, signed a one-day contract. He's going to retire as an Eagle. Good for him. All right. Oh, shady. Let's take a break. I'm going to cool off. I'm getting a little sweaty. <laughs> I'm sorry for everyone. You're like, that was way too much Jeff talking. Get the other guys involved. We're going to. We're going to. As we preview week four in the NFL. Yeah. We're hitting our almost our our – for our 25% mark. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season, boys. And tell you, every single hey, week, I'm going to tell you, cherish it. Cherish that Sunday because it's, uh, it's, it's special. And All Saturday. Right. And Saturday. And Saturday. We're going to pick a lot of college games this week, just so you boys know. We normally do five. We're going to pick more this week because this college cool. schedule mm-hmm. is freaking loaded, and I cannot wait. But, of course, I'll be at a wedding. So I'll be checking scores on my phone. Vito, you will too. But let's just get a text thread going and, uh, and we'll, we'll watch the film when we get back. Quick break. Come back. We're going to talk NFL week four. Give our picks and break down the game. And uh, can't fucking wait, boys. Let's go. Let's go. That's why we do it. This is why we do it. This is the dog days of the NFL season. We'll be back in a sec. NFL week four on deck. College football week five. We're going to go through our NFL. We're going to preview the games. Then at the end, we're going to give our picks against the, against the spread, just like we normally do. Take a break. We'll come back to college football, a little bit of life stuff at the end, and we'll, we'll wrap this bad boy up. But today's Thursday as we're recording it, and we have a game tonight, guys, that I'm not going to lie. I'm actually really excited to watch this game. And it's not, you know, it's not Chiefs-Ravens. You know, it's not Pats. And uh, and Tampa Bay, you know, it's not that, but it's a game that is I'm very I'm just curious. Right. Because in all this, you know, we're red zone guys. And when you watch red zone, you don't get a chance to sit down and watch every single snap and every single play. Now, I like to go back and watch the condensed games on YouTube uh, because it's a good way to kind of see how the game goes. But in a it it just feels different. than Not a sponsor. Not not a sponsor Uh, yet. Yet. Uh, but it is fun to kind of go through it. And, and tonight we got the Jags and the Bengals. All right. Right now, Cincinnati's a seven and a half point favorite. The Bengals coming off a big win against Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it had been a couple of years since the Bengals had beaten Pittsburgh. 
And Joey Burrow, slowly, every every week, Joe Burrow seems to be looking a little bit more comfortable. I wouldn't say looking better necessarily, at least in terms of stats. But he looks more comfortable coming back from that knee injury. And we get a chance to see back-to-back number one overall picks, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, going up against Cincinnati. And I have a bit of a hot take for this game. But I want to hear what you guys are excited about. Are you guys as excited as I am to watch the Bengals and the Jags? Oh, I yeah, I, I definitely am. I mean, I, what I'm thinking of is that quarterback matchup, but also I think the Jags are better than their record in terms of talent. And I think the Bengals is like a question mark. Like, oh, are they ready? Like they just beat up Pittsburgh. Are they really going to be like that 500 or above 500 team? And I think playing someone like the Jags who are they're supposed to be like, can they beat someone they're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing in the NFL. Like that's, if you can do that, you're probably going to win most of your, like, you know, over half or be in that 500 like realm. Um, so I think this is huge for both teams and I love the skill players in this game. Like, I, I think that's actually a really fun, fun piece of all of this on both sides. So, um, you know, I, I can't wait. I love the rebirth of AJ green and that's who I'm, I'm excited to see. And, and what AJ, these AJ plays green? Cardinals. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Green. I'm sorry. Cardinals. But of course I brought that up, but anyway, I love I love him too, but these wide receivers, Tyler Boyd. So I was thinking of the the run where he smashed the defender and then turned and just ran the other direction and scored. Like it was awesome. Yeah, and what you're saying is, is I should play Tyler Boyd tonight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I 100 okay. percent would if you're not. Okay, especially because T Higgins might not play either. So depending on on how that ends up shaking out for the Bengals. You know, I think definitely. Anyway, now uh, that was an aside. <laughs> we say all this with the caveat, of course, that by the time you're listening to this, you will have already seen the game. So this game could have sucked and we could just be completely yeah. <laughs> wrong. But either way, I am excited to see, you know, because look, Cincinnati doesn't have an awesome defense. I think they're better than we gave them credit for coming into it. But I think it's the first defense that we've seen Trevor Lawrence go up against that actually feels like, hey, they might. I mean, Houston. All right. But it was his first game in the NFL. I'm excited to see. I, I genuinely am. I want to watch a full game start to finish Trevor Lawrence. And this is huge for Urban Meyer. If Urban Meyer starts off 0-4, that USC job's looking more and more yummy every single day. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's get into the Sunday games. We j- I just ranted about the Eagles. They're taking on Kansas City, as I said at the end of my little rant. Uh, somehow, this game is in Philly. Tickets are as low as $102. I don't know who's oh, paying. Gotta go. I don't know who's paying a hundred dollars to watch this this shit show of a team. Well, it's but, for Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, but yeah, that's a good point. Both <laughs> teams are one and two at this point. We talked about on on Monday about how you know Andy Reid, the Chiefs, everything else. Like they don't necessarily they haven't looked exactly the same. It's great to see Andy Reid healthy. Um, he he seems to be good after mm. he had to go to the hospital yes. last week. Well said. Uh, something we kind of neglected to talk about on uh, on Tuesday's pod, which you probably should have brought up. Right now, Kansas City is a seven point favorite, which I think is despicably low. I think I mean I I just I don't see how the Eagles, especially when you look at the safety position, because like Darius Slay is a really good wide receiver. I don't know how he's going to match up against Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is just another animal and the safety help over the top, the schematic help is what's important. But after going off week one, Tyreek Hill has basically half of his total numbers that he had in week one. How are you guys seeing this? Is this the bounce back week for the chiefs that I think most people expect it to be? I think so, but I think it might be a little closer offensively. I mean, the way that the, the 
Eagles linebackers were asked to play in that game on Monday night against Dallas, they might give Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey some fits. Tyree Kill can burn the, the top off the ball. You double team him or you drop one of those safeties into the box to, to help defend um, uh, Travis Kelsey over the middle. <clears throat> the way the linebackers played on uh, on Monday night, I, I have no qualms with them, you know, limiting not i'm not saying they're going to shut him down limiting travis kelsey to a a monster game so uh, i i like i like the eagles defense here uh all things considered i i think where i'm struggling to even figure out how this is going to be close is like there's no way in my mind right that like jalen hurts and this new coaching staff is going to have like some kind of rebirth after this loss and they're really going to come together and I'm sure they're going to play better, but there's no way you're playing as good as what the chiefs are capable of playing. They're ceiling especially when they need as, as much as the the Eagles do. Right. Well, and they, they do, they need it just as bad and probably more in some ways because their expectations are much higher. I think we're about to see an absolute blowout. Um, I'm taking the chiefs and the points because I just think that when you have Tyreek Hill and Mahomes and, and Kelsey, and just, I just don't see how this is going to change. The line play is going to be interesting, but the skill players, I'm giving it to the Chiefs by a long shot. I, I agree. I think the Chiefs end up winning this game. I, I, there's, there is a case to be made that, look, if you're the Eagles and you looked horrible offensively in week three, you looked okay in week two, but you're going up, a much, up against a much better defense in San Francisco, you are going up against a, a, a soft defense here. Okay, and I don't mean soft isn't like the individual players aren't tough or anything. I just mean like there are there are yards to be had. So this is a big week in terms of offensive improvement for the Eagles. I need to see the Eagles make leaps in terms of how they're able to move the ball. Right. If the Eagles end up with 25 points in this game or 27 points in this game and the Chiefs have 40, then that is a step in the right direction for the Eagles offense because it's at least proving that they were able to move the ball comfortably and not just in garbage time like we saw on Monday night, but that they were able to actually push the ball against even a like one of the worst defenses in the NFL statistically. They need – and the other thing here too for the Eagles, I need to see them adjust, all right? I can't I, – I need to see them run the ball more because what helped win them the game against Atlanta – was the play of Kenny Gainwell and Miles Sanders. You know, that is what you know, was so big in those games was the fact that they ran the ball. And that also allows Jalen Hurts as a runner to be even better. So I want to see them get back to this. I think there's no question the Chiefs win this game, but it's going to say a lot about the Eagles' offensive development as to how they approach it and how successful they are against the defense that they should be able to put up points again when you look at just the skill position because they're not facing a tough pass rush here. So even with a banged-up offensive line, they should be able to move the ball pretty well. All right, next 1 o'clock game, Washington football team, disappointing start for them going on, going up against the Atlanta Falcons. We saw the Eagles, you know, push around Atlanta in week one, and we've seen Washington, you know, they won the game against the Giants by the skin of their teeth. They could easily be 0-3, and some might argue they should be 0-3. This is a huge game for Ron Rivera and his crew. Washington's a one and a half point favorite. So we got basically a pick them though. This game is in Atlanta. How are you guys feeling? Washington football team needing a win here in, uh, in Atlanta in week four. It's really going to be the, like what's going to happen with this defense. Can they show up? 
or can this Atlanta offense get something going with Calvin Ridley and really just push the ball? Kyle Pitts has not really been existent so far this year. Is this a game where we see him go? I don't know. The Washington defense, I still believe is better than they're playing, but they haven't played well. So I think this is like an underperforming defense and underperforming offense. It's like the opposite of like when, you know, an unstoppable object meets a <laughs> immovable force. It's like, no, when, when like a shitty offense and a shitty defense play football, but they have great players, like what's going to happen. So um, I think you flipped I, that by the way, it's immovable object did. meets an unstoppable force. There we go. And they, you know, have this, this matchup, but on the flip side, I think there are question marks on Washington's offense on the Falcons defense. This is the definition of a pick them, and I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Falcons. I think the guy in that offense you should watch out for, they're going to key on Calvin Ridley. They're going to key on Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts does have a big game, but the guy you want to watch out for uh, for Atlanta is Mike Davis. Oh, Mike Davis out of the backfield. No, Mike Davis out of the backfield is going to have a monster day because that defensive line has – underperformed all season long. I don't care if Chase Young is trying to hold these guys accountable, whatever. This is when you look at them on paper needs to be the number one defensive line in the league and they're getting zero push. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're stopping. They're like middle of the, of the road here in the, in the run game. Uh, Mike Davis has a monster day out of the backfield. You can book it. Uh, so I actually I feel differently than both of you guys. I do, by the way, Vito. I love the idea of the movable object coming up against a stoppable force. <laughs> yeah, think that's, that's what we're gonna see. I think that's I think that's a hilarious phrase. I don't think I've ever heard someone put it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> what we're gonna see this weekend. Going up against a stoppable force. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Um, but no, I, I feel a little bit differently. I think we saw what the Eagles front did against Atlanta. Uh, we've seen what even the Giants front actually was able to get some pressure against Atlanta, even though the Falcons did end up winning that game. I I actually think this is the get right game for Washington. I think it has to be. All right. Because the NFC East is still wide open, despite the fact that, you know, the Cowboys look really good. And I do think the Cowboys are in the driver's seat for it. But, you know, the Cowboys are two and one and everyone else is, is well, the Eagles and Washington are one and two. And then the Giants are zero and three. You know, Washington has a chance here. Go get two and two, secure second place in the division, assuming the Eagles lose to Kansas City. And, and by the way, if Kansas City loses that game, how scary would that be for the Chiefs? Uh, neither here nor there. But I think no the, I think the Washington defensive front is getting their best opportunity to eat, the best opportunity to gain back the confidence, the best opportunity for Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen to prove why they were picked as one of the best defensive units in all of football going into this game. And, you know, you're going up against a rookie, especially in the interior, like Jonathan Allen should be able to eat against Jalen Mayfield on the outside there. You, there's not, they shouldn't be able to stop both Montez Sweat and Chase Young. We have not seen a Chase Young big game yet this season. I think Washington gets it right. Talk about running backs. I think Antonio Gibson's going to be able to run all over this defense. I think this is a big road win for the Washington football team. And I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm actually like Logan. Talk about bad games that you're actually kind of intrigued to see. I actually am curious as to how this one goes out because it's a huge game for the Washington football team who came in with big expectations. All right, Houston going up against Buffalo. Buffalo is a staggering 16-point favorite. 
against Houston. And that is because of what Buffalo has done the last two weeks, blowing teams out by like 30 points combined. If you, if you average it out, uh, this one's in Buffalo Davis mills gets an extra couple days to prep, but I mean, this one's going to go one way, but the bigger question is going to be how they do against the spread. I, I mean, I see this is Buffalo all day and Buffalo is going to continue their pace as proving themselves as one of the best teams in football. Yeah, and it's not even close. I, you know, I said on, on Tuesday's pod, Josh Allen is back. Um, and boy, what a team to be back against uh, to get back into the, into the real rhythm of things in the NFL is, is playing the Houston Texans defense. Good Lord. Talk about eating. Uh, Jeff, I wanted to warn you. It's not, it's not wise to eat during a game, but I'll give it to you there. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I talk about eating. Josh Allen's going to eat this defense alive. Boo. Boo, Scotty. Boo. <laughs> so Boo. Um, what, what, I love it though. What, what, what I am really like interested about in this game is we're expecting so much out of the bills. <laughs> When it comes to the spread, are they are they going to get up and run the ball? I mean, they have two great backs that we've seen in Singletary and Moss. They're both running well. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a cover here. I'm actually, I I, I think I'm. A, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. Bills are going to win and blow them out. It means a lot. <laughs> yeah. So could we see you know the Texans cover? You know what? I think so. I don't think I can bet. Like I love betting on the Bills, but 16 points, I can't do it. So you don't believe in that defense, huh? I believe in all of that organization. What I don't believe in is NFL players in the fourth quarter that uh, against the, you know, a team that they're finally able to strike on some secondary player or second string players coming in. If Terod Taylor was playing, I would agree with you, but I have no confidence in Davis. I mean, this Davis Mills is a guy who started like 10 career games in college. Yes. He was the number one prospect coming out of high school, but as we've documented on this podcast before your high school ranking means jack shit. All right. He yeah. is under prepped. He's being thrown into the fire. He had, there, there was no intention of him being able to play this year. And yet here we are, th- you know, three weeks in and he's getting ready for a second career start in week four. I look, I mean, we've, we've seen them blow teams out the last two weeks. That defense is not good. Brandon cooks went from being an absolute like sleeper to, you know, there might be a couple of garbage touchdowns in which case you're right. Vito, right? Like, backdoor cover maybe by Houston but this is a this is this is three touchdowns easy you know here all right here's what I just I, I with stats and research was on it um it looks like it's gonna rain during this game oh so you're thinking maybe low scoring I I honestly though it, it made me think Buffalo's definitely gonna run the ball and probably run it pretty well um Man, I mean, they're going to keep You don't think up. your boy Josh Allen can throw in the rain? Come on. I think he can. I know he can. He, he can. he can sling it. That's why I'm, I'm thinking about switching my pick here, and I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go to the Bills. I think I'm going to join you guys in the cover train. Well, and we'll, again, we'll get into our, our official picks here at the end, but, yeah, Buffalo, I just – I don't see a pathway that Davis Mills puts up more than six points. No, nope. I just I don't see it. Maybe, you know, maybe a turnover here or there. If it really is that low scoring and maybe it's like 24 to six or something and they barely, you know what I mean? But like 16 points, it's a three. You need two touchdowns and a field goal to cover. I think Buffalo clears that uh, easily. But again, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. All right. Another rolling on another gross game here. Uh, the Detroit Lions taking the road going up against the Chicago Bears. 
old NFC North rivalry. Uh, nothing about this game is appetizing other than will Matt, Matt Nagy get fired after a Detroit Lions win? <laughs> yeah. Because there uh, are definitely reports, up in the air. There are reports that that seat is scolding hot right now. Oh, I have no doubt. Um, and so now you're in a position, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. You're damned if you start Justin Fields and he doesn't play well. You're damned if you sit him and you play Andy Dalton and everyone's like, why the hell didn't you play Justin Fields? We have no shot at this year. Why wouldn't you just develop your rookie and let him learn on the field instead of sitting behind Andy Dalton? Um, <clears throat> so rough spot, rocking a hard place. But uh, this is old school, nitty gritty, NFC North, smash mouth, kneecap biting football written all over it. I, it really does. And the line reflects that. I love that. It's fantastic. I love Detroit in this game, though. Man, I'm with you. I think there's something about like it, it's it's the quarterback position. It's very uncertain in Chicago and Detroit. You know who you're getting. Um, I actually we talked about it on on the recap pod on Tuesday that you know um, Jergos played pretty pretty well and actually like done what he can in that system. I think that defense has played pretty well. I I I really think you know this could be the game that the Lions like you know first of all get get that win. And also, you know, um, maybe, maybe gain some ground in, in just the way that people think of this division, right? Cause you always have thought of for a while, the lions are at the bottom. Maybe they can gain on Chicago here. Lions are right back in it. If they win this game, right back in the division race. No, cause you still got green Bay at the top there, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's more of just the respect factor of not being the bottom mat yes. of the division. And I, and and more importantly, the respect amongst the league and, and and for Dan Campbell and that team that has fought as hard as they possibly could through 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 3 weeks. They've earned respect. And we talked like you said, we talked about this on Tuesday. We talked about respecting what you know, the Lions have done here. And yes, have they looked great? No, but they're a 66-yard field goal away from beating the Baltimore Ravens, you know, and, and I think at the end of the day here, a win for them over Chicago, as of right now, Chicago still has not named a starter. And uh, Andy Dalton was limited in practice. I just looked at the injury report, limited in practice. Justin Fields is a full participant because apparently he hurt his hand last week, which just seems made up at this point because Justin Fields said he was fine after the game. And that, but Matt Nagy, of course, because he's terrible at what he does. He's saying, oh, no, geez, he's got a little banged up. You know, it's, no, it's Matt Nagy. You're terrible. By the way, do you guys remember this? Matt Nagy fired himself as the offense, as the play caller and offensive coordinator last year, and then rehired himself in the offseason to the job. Mm. What a freaking clown. That's dude. a heady play. That's a I mean, heady yeah, play. That's, that's, that, that's ballsy. That man's brain broke. After, I've said it before. His the double doink happened. They went from taking Mitch Trubisky and leading them to the playoffs to a ten win season yips. <laughs> to his brain literally broke. Coaching yips. So yeah, I I'm excited. I I am low key. I'm excited to see what Detroit does. I'm pulling for Detroit because I think yeah. we could wake up Monday. I think we all are. <laughs> and we see the bottom ticker. We get the alert on our phone. <laughs> Matt Nagy out as head coach of the Chicago Bears. And Lord, I hope it comes sooner rather than later. Wait for Monday. <laughs> for this for the mental health of Chicago Bears fans, I hope that happens. All right, they're really, good people. 
Really, <laughs> really interesting matchup. It's a one o'clock game. The Carolina Panthers going to Dallas to take on the Ooh. Cowboys. Panthers are three and oh, number one, uh, number two defense in the NFL behind your Broncos veto and a Cowboys mm-hmm. team com- coming on a short week after just dismantling the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. This game, again, this is the first test we've seen for Carolina because we've talked about this. Carolina's had a very easy, second easiest strength of schedule this season behind the Broncos. I am really excited to see what the Panthers do this weekend and how legit they are because I think they'll know it doesn't look like CMC is going to play. So we get the Chuba Hubbard show. Love my man Chuba. I'm so glad he got a shot in the NFL. Chuba the hot. I think they're going to be able to run the ball and. You know, as good as Diggs was on on Monday night, there's a lot of different receivers that you trust on that Carolina Panthers offense. I'm excited to see how this one kind of plays out. Yeah, me too. I mean, Robbie Moore or DJ Moore, I combined both receivers. How about that? DJ Moore had just an explosive game on the Thursday night game against Houston. I think Sam Darnold is, and that was a good game for him to do that. Week three, Sam Darnold getting, uh, getting some chemistry going with his wide receivers. I carry it over. You got a shit defense you're playing. Sorry for the expletive. You got a terrible defense you're playing uh, against the, the Dallas Cowboys. There's no reason that you should divert from, from your play calling that you've had all season long. I mean, look at what they did against the Jets. That should be your game plan. Go ahead and do it. Chuba Hubbard is not CMC. We all get that. Everybody knows that he's a North South runner. It's fine. So adjust just a little bit, okay? I, I think the Panthers will be fine in this game. I really do. I don't think Dallas is really any any good at all, frankly. Uh, their offense is good. Um, but wow. um, but and, and their offense exploited uh, a terrible scheme by, by the Eagles' defense on Monday night. No offense, Jeff. Um, but, hey, look, th- this, this Carolina defense is – we we've talked about it before in the, in the late season last year, we said, Hey, they might be pretty, you know, and, uh, and they were coming on a little bit and early in the year this year, Jeff, you called it out too. And, and Vito, you said the same thing. They're studs. Like they're legit. They're a legit defense. And they were a streamer last year in fantasy. I think they're a legitimate pickup this year in fantasy football. They're a great defense and should not be trifled with. Give me the Panthers. Man, I, I see this completely different. I got to say, I think that this this Cowboys team, look at what they've done. They're 2-1, and one, but it's almost more impressive than the 3-0 and oh that the Panthers have. And I'm a Broncos I think it fan. Absolutely I get it. Yeah. More impressive. So, yeah. so you lose by two to, to the defending Super Bowl champs at their place opening Thursday, right? Dak's first game back. He knocks off the rust against the Chargers. Three-point win. Doesn't play great, but again, knocking off the rust, it's a win. And then, and then, you know, goes off on Monday. And I do think that they're going to run a little bit of a role here. There's some confidence there. And I'm really excited for this offense. Um, I actually, I love what Micah Parsons is doing on that defense and his impact oh, on nasty. rushing and everything. It's, it's been fun to watch. Could you imagine him on this Penn State defense, by the way? <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Oh. But I, it's fun to watch those athletes on the defensive side. Like when you see Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald play. Michael Parsons, at least of that talent, you know what I mean? As some of these other guys too are outside rushers Unreal. that we see in the league. So I I think the Cowboys are going to come through and roll. I, I know the Panthers are good, but I don't think they're as good as the Cowboys. That at least, Especially this Cowboys offense. I just think it's special. I, I see the game similar, more similar to you, Vito, 
I, I, I'm, but I also think we don't know, right? We don't know how good Carolina's defense is, right? Like, and, and that's that. one of the question marks. We think Carolina's defense is pretty good, but they ha- like, they just haven't been tested yet. Yes, they beat, you know, New Orleans, but this isn't the New Orleans Saints that we're accustomed to when Drew Brees was there. It's a much different built team that's kind of run through their defense first, and that's how they were able to beat, you know, just look at their total yards as a team. Like, they're, they're not putting up world-beater-type numbers. What I will say is, and I love what you were talking about with Micah Parsons, and you got, I have to give some love to Micah Parsons because, you know, when he got in, he spent all of training camp learning how to play inside linebacker, a little bit of outside linebacker. Demarcus Lawrence goes down, they go, hey, can you play D-end? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then he just has two sacks casually on Monday Night Football against the Eagles going up against Lane Johnson. So when you're that kind of athlete, when you're that special, it's it speaks volumes of the kind of player that you can be. And as much as I begrudgingly have to admit it, the Cowboys got a, a absolute freaking stud. So yeah, they did. Where I see this going is is Carolina's defense as good at defense as Dallas is on offense? And that question we don't know yet because it could be, mm-hmm. could be. And then on the opposite side, I do believe that Carolina's offense is as good as Dallas's defense. So, so to me, the differentiator here is how does Dallas's defense match up against, or sorry, how does Carolina's defense match up against that Dallas offense? Because if Carolina is as good defensively as, as we think they might be, this will be a tight game. This will be a really interesting matchup. What you're saying, Jeff, is it's a barometer game. 100%. We'll, we'll barometer check. We will learn a lot about Carolina's defense. Again, a defense that is incredibly young, but also incredibly talented in the way that they match up here. Now, I believe J.C. Horn, who has played great through three weeks, is not going to play this week. I don't know for sure, right? How yeah, do you know how foot, yeah. broken foot, right? I don't. Is he done for yeah. the year? I think so. No, 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 no. Is he? Right. He's out for a substantial so. amount like a of time, yeah. um, and that's going to hurt them, no question. I think this is going to be one of those games we talk about Dallas and go, they can beat you any way that they want. I think Dallas is going to be a top two seed in the NFC this year. And I hate just, it makes me vomit in my mouth to even say something. (laughs) But just being objective, I think Dallas is a 13 win team this year. I, I really do. I mean, what they did against the team in the chargers, what they did against the team in, in the bucks and the way they just absolutely dismantled the Eagles. I, I really think Dallas is going to be a good team. And I was talking about, you know, our segment we've done a couple of times where we were wrong. I was dead wrong about this Dallas team coming in. But what's going to hold them back is Mike McCarthy doing dumb Mike McCarthy shit. Oh, you know, God. not calling a timeout when he had Dude, three at yeah. the end of the first half. There's going to be a playoff game where it's like, how did we lose this because of Mike McCarthy? This is the best uh, Dallas team I was they've had. Donuts. <laughs> this team's better than any of the Romo era teams. This is the best Dallas team in twenty plus years. I and agree Mike with McCar- you. And Mike McCarthy's going to piss it away in a playoff game, and I can't Dude, wait to watch. One of the best, and, and you're right. To, to on that note, it was great watching the Peyton Eli uh, broadcast again on Monday, and Peyton mm, and yeah. Eli are like about to get out of their chairs because they're quarterbacks. They know, so they're like getting out of their chairs, like call timeout, call timeout. What's going on? Call timeout, and like. No one's calling a timeout and you could tell how frustrated they were. And then Peyton just says, he's like, man, McCarthy just made a mistake. And it was just like awesome to hear Peyton Manning be like, no, dude, you messed up. And I was like, okay, it wasn't just like me being a fan. It's like, no, this professional quarterback know that you just messed up your clock management. Greatest 
game managers of all time. Exactly. The, the part of my take, I said it best. It was, you could see it in Mike McCarthy's eyes that he knew he was messing up, but he was too committed <laughs> to it. And so he just went, no, nah, I'm just going to play it off. Like, this is what I meant to do. Cause we've all done stuff like that. We're like, yeah, I'm screwing this Pick up. Your right gums. I'm just, yeah. I'm just Put it on the it. resume. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to play it off. Like that's what I meant to do. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I, I, I think this is a, a barometer game because if I also, because again, I also wouldn't be surprised if Carolina comes out and makes us a really tight game. I, I'm expecting it to be a good game because I do believe in Carolina. I said that before week one, I think Carolina is going to sneak into a playoff spot and, uh, and I think they're going to. All right, next game. Another kind of barometer game because we're, we're really unsure about both of these teams. The Indianapolis Colts traveling to Miami mm. to take on the Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett starting again, I believe. I don't know if it's officially been announced, but I don't believe Tua is going to be back for this. Carson Ooh, revenge Wentz, game. <laughs> Carson Wentz banged up. He played last week. He didn't get hurt anymore. So I would expect Carson Wentz to also play in this game. This is a, you know, are the Colts just going to lay down and die? Or do we see, because again, that's a relatively talented roster, but the skill position guys aren't there. And Jonathan Taylor's going up against a good defense in Miami. Miami's because of Brian Flores has some fight in them that I don't know if people fully expected. I expect a low scoring game here. How do you guys see this one playing out? Same, but you can't, I don't think that the, the Colts should lay down and die because they have, they don't have the, the fight in the, in the first three games, but they got to have the fight here because that division is wide open, right? Tennessee looks like they're going to run away with it now. Uh, but those those games are all going to be competitive. Indianapolis, Tennessee, uh, and Tennessee and, and and Indianapolis because those are the only two good teams in that division. But guess what? It's going to come down to can we make the playoffs? Can we get into the into the dance and 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 give ourselves a fighting chance at a championship? And the the Colts have done that under Frank Reich repeatedly. So I don't expect them to lay down and die. I think it'll be a competitive game. And I think you're right, Jeff. It'll be low scoring, but um, but I, I give, I give, uh, Indianapolis the edge here. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm going with you because I think that Indianapolis is going to come out here, run the ball. Well, even last week when they didn't play well, it was because they had to get away from the run. Jonathan Taylor averaged like over six yards a carry or something. He only got yeah. the ball like 10 times though. So that, right. It goes back to the, what you were talking about the Eagles earlier. So like they just had to stick with the ground, get, get the ground game going, let Carson Wentz, you know, throw the ball 20 times and you'll be okay. You know, um, let him let him play off the play action. I, I actually I think that the Colts need this and still have some talent there. And I think they're going to end up making this a game where they, they have to win. It kind of is a must win for them. And Good the point. Dolphins are the first team they have it shot against because, listen, they played the Seahawks early and Seahawks came out swinging this season. Then they played the Rams. They got within three. That was a good game. And then they lost yeah. to the Titans. I, I think they're a better team than than their record as well. I think they pull off this win. I, that's, that's where I'm coming from. I, I don't know. What are you thinking, Jeff? I, I think this is a field goal game. I can see either team pulling it off. I, I just don't have belief in Indianapolis right now, and, and especially a banged up, you know, Colts team. I, I, I just I, I don't see it, man. I mean, even Jonathan Taylor is questionable for this game as of today. Um, but so so do you, do you believe in – I think it's going to be a two-point game. It's going to be the difference between – one big play on offense, right? I, so who's I, got the better offense? Miami with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback or Indianapolis with Carson Wentz? It's crazy to say, but I think Miami. Between Will, between Will Fuller 
uh, Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle. Fuller's not playing. He's questionable as of now. As of today, Will Fuller's listed as questionable on the injury report. I'm, I'm literally just looking at the injury report right now. That's the only reason I say that. Um, <laughs> you know, and even still, even if you don't have Will Fuller, you still have Jalen Waddle. You still have, uh, you know, Devontae Parker. And Devontae Parker is a guy that we all kind of slept on going into the season. And he's made some big time catches for them, especially in that game against the Raiders. I, I see it as a touchdown difference, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm leaning Miami mainly because I just think Miami's defense and, and a banged up Jonathan Taylor, a banged up Carson Wentz. I mean, I, I think last week the Colts would have been better rolling out Jacob East, honestly. And we'll, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out, but you get the home field advantage. I, I think Miami ends up pulling it up. We'll, we'll see on Sunday. Uh, interesting matchup here. The Cleveland Browns going to Minnesota. The Browns have looked awesome through three weeks. Damner beat the uh, chiefs in week one. And since then have been cruising that defense looked absolutely dominant against the, the bears last week. And now they're going up against a Vikings team. That's going to test them a little bit more but I still think they're going to be able to pressure the quarterback because that Vikings O-line is not great. Where are you guys leaning right now when it comes to the Browns taking on the Vikes? I love the Browns team, and, and obviously I'm kind of becoming a homer for Cleveland a bit, but I, I think this team's really good. I think they've proved themselves this season. Um, yes, they haven't played as good of opponents, but they've, they've dominated them, right? So that's all you can ask. And so I think that, you know, I love what I saw from OBJ getting back last week, getting involved, having some like a good amount of catches and, and making some plays, um, getting some separation for Baker. That was huge on the play action. They're running the ball. Well, I'm going to stick with this Browns offense against that Vikings defense. I do think that Vikings offense is pretty good though. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a couple like, you know, a big plays, Justin Jefferson, something like that. But I, I'm overall with the game. I'm going to, I think the Browns are going to go in there, run the ball and control that game on the line of scrimmage. I just want Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson to have big games. That's all. That's all I care about. Cleveland Browns are going to dominate this game on both sides of the ball. Right? It's That's plain and simple. They're better on both sides of the ball in both phases and every level. Yeah, I have a hard – I mean, I, I tend to agree with you on with that, Scotty. I don't think it's a, a dominant win, but, you know, there's no Jarvis Landry. He's on IR. You do have OJ, OBJ back, which helps. Um I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games for Cleveland where it's like a little bit of a head scratcher, like, all right, all right. But this is also a big test for the Vikings who have been in every game they've played are two or three snaps away from being three and oh, and here they are one and two. They were the missed field goal away from at least being two and one. Um, I think this game's closer. Vegas agrees right now. Cleveland's a two point favorite going into Minnesota. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I'm excited to watch this one on Sunday. Uh, all right, we got the Giants and the Saints. To be honest, this one's not really moving the needle for me much, primarily because the Saints – I mean, the one interesting part about this is the Saints have spent the entire first month of the season on the road, displaced from their home because of Hurricane Ida. They are back in New Orleans for this game, taking on the 0-3 Giants. I think this Giants team has basically full-on quit on themselves already three weeks in. I mean, this is like, again, as – Prove it as prove it gets for the Giants. But I am definitely leaning more towards New Orleans. I think New Orleans defense is going to be able to absolutely handle Daniel Jones and the vaunted Giants. 
offense. Uh, and also there's some injuries in that wide receiving core for the Giants. I, I like New Orleans in this one. Where are you guys leaning right now? I think it's going to be closer than you think. Uh, look, Saquon's back. Saquon had a great week last week, uh, and he's going to be more involved. That's the weakness, I think, of this Saints defense right now. Um, <clears throat> usually we're talking about the Saints secondary is the weakness, but uh, that run defense um, is is a question mark, especially against a great running back like Saquon. Uh, so I think it's a little closer than the line might indicate, but uh, then you factor in the fact that they're going to be in the dome and it's going to be rocking and all that, all the emotional stuff. So, uh, man, I think, I think this is a big, big saints win. I'm, I mean, I'm going with my boy, Jameis. I think he's going to pick this defense apart. He just picked apart, you know, Bill Belichick's he's going to go out there and sling it. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think this defense is playing better than, than a lot of us thought, at least a lot, what I thought, you know, like, I mean, obviously they had that impressive Packers win. we didn't know if that was a fluke or not, but they held like, you know, when they held, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers to yeah three points. So, you know, I think the Panthers had a good game against them. They, they showed us something last week against the Patriots. And I think that's why I'm going to pick them is because of their defense and what they've shown. Well, and on the Giants' defensive side, too, they lost Blake Martinez, so that's a huge loss. Yeah, you're, you're talking about arguably the best player on that defense for the Giants, but I'm with you, Vito. I think this game is all about the Saints' defense. I kind of question them coming in, you know, not not really saying sure. What, what we've seen for the first time is Mark Stavenport actually being a guy who has finally, you know, shown value in being that top, you know, was taken right. 11th overall. Like he's had a phenomenal yes. year. I think he has like two and a half sacks already through four, through three weeks. I think the saints are going to be uh, great in this game. I think the defense is what's going to really separate it. And I think the offense is just going to keep doing what it's doing, you know, do, do enough to win the game, win it handily. But the defense is, is what's taking the saints team to another level. Uh, last one o'clock game. We have the Titans and the jets in New York. I don't think there's much to talk about here. I think Derrick Henry has a monstrous game. And this is also a get-right game, I think, for, for the receiving core. Doesn't go, and no A.J. Brown this week. Uh, Julio Jones right now battling a hamstring injury, but I do think he ends up playing. But this is Titans all the way, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even close. a steamroll. Yeah. yeah. All right. We don't have to spend much, any, any other time <laughs> on that one. Uh, moving to the 4 o'clock window. Division, we got two NFC West divisional matchups. All right, we got the best division. Well, one of the top two divisions in football, arguably. Shout out. Three and O Cardinals taking on the three and O Rams in LA. I'm actually really curious because we're either, look, the Cardinals are very Jekyll and Hyde, right? We're either going to see an awesome Arizona team or we're going to see the team that was down nine points in the third quarter with three minutes left against Jacksonville. But they play up to the teams that they're playing. The Rams coming off a big win against Tampa Bay. How are you guys feeling heading into this matchup, this big NFC West matchup? Yeah, well, you know, I, what I'm loving is this is the game where A.J. Green had his revamp thing, and I can talk about A.J. Green now. But anyway, he, he I think it's cool that what we've seen is them rotate who they're featuring in their offense. They have so many weapons. We've already seen them do it. A lot of times it takes teams, you know, weeks and weeks to get challenged. We have to go away from their number one guy. We've seen them been able to do that and win. This offense is great, but this defense is something special. Ramsey versus Hopkins. Like, this is going to be such a fun game. I cannot wait. I'm so glad it's in the 4 o'clock window so we can see more of it on the red zone. Again, this is going to come down to that flip side, and I just – I really believe in Stafford, man. Like, I believe in every phase of all of these teams. I really do. 
Um, they're both playoff teams in my book. I picked them both to be playoff teams before the year started, but I think that this Rams team is probably going to be the number one seed in the NFC West. And, uh, they have to win at home if they want to do that. So, um, I'm leaning that way, but man, this is a toss up. I don't even know. What's the line for this. So right now the Rams are a four and a half point favorite. Wow. That's actually more than I thought it would be. you, You take away you know, the home field, the three points, which by the way, everyone talked about, Hey, SoFi stadium, they're going to have trouble filling up that, that crowd has been awesome. I mean, the crowd yeah. last week in that Tampa Bay game, when I get the Tom Brady pull and everything was helps it a little bit, the LA crowd for, and same thing with the chargers for everyone kind of dumping on it. They've been good though. That when LA was home against Dallas, that crowd did feel primarily like it was Dallas, but well, and Arizona travels really well, mm-hmm. really, really well. So I, I'd look out for that too, but, uh, Look, both of these defenses are stellar, uh, one more so than the other. <clears throat> I think, you know, you, you take the Rams defense, Jalen Ramsey's going to drop down in the box, try to, to stuff the run. Uh, but Kyler can also throw, too. Most people forget. Uh, in fact, he's he's the top one of the top throwing quarterbacks in, in the uh, in the league this year. So um, hard to uh, defend a dual threat like that, uh, and especially with the weaponry that he's got around him. Um, particularly uh, the wide receiving core, but also Chase Ed- or not Chase Edmonds. Um, yeah, Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, I think I think there's ways, and this is like this is like a, a Harvard you know style matchup where you got cerebral on cerebral, like the the best defensive minds in the world scheming up against the best offensive minds in the world, and and it's a clash to see who can who can. Outduel each other at the quiz bowl. Anyway, it's it's going to be exciting, man. I think it's going to be a really cool game, really close, really fun to watch. So, um, it's definitely. If you're a, asking me to, you're asking ahead. me for a pick. Go. Uh, I'm I'm picking Kyler in all games. You take it. Well, that's it's. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, Arizona. You know the one thing I think separates Arizona here from, you know, any of the other teams that go up against the Rams is the escapability of Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler's ability to, to run around, not get caught, uh, uh, you know, avoid defenders, especially when you're bringing pressure, even with someone like Aaron Donald. I just don't want to bet against the Rams at home, 3-0. and I, I To me, this game's incredibly difficult to pick, and I think I can, I, it, what's crazy is I can see it going in any type of way. I can see the Cardinals winning big. I can see the car, you know, Rams coming off of a big win, kind of laying down a little bit. They're 3-0. Cardinals, you know, close win against Jacksonville, come in, get ripped in, uh, in, in camp this week or in practice this week and come out blazing. And the Cardinals win big. I could see the Cardinals winning close. I could see the Rams winning big. I could see the Rams winning close. That's what makes this game so kind of tough to figure out. And also you throw in the wrinkle of, hey, these are rivals. This is a divisional game and anything can happen. So uh, I'll save, you know, we'll save our picks here when we get to the end of it. But I do, I will say, I do love the escapability of Kyler going up against that defense because I think that is the one caveat that can beat elite level defenses and the amount of weapons that the Cardinals have because Jalen Ramsey's amazing, but he can't cover everybody. And there's a lot of weapons that they can get the ball to in Arizona. All right. The other NFC West matchup here in the four o'clock window, Seahawks taking on your Niners, Scotty. Seahawks got something, again, talk about something to prove. Somehow Seattle is one and two and they, again, easily could be zero and three, but I mean, they blew that game against Tennessee. They just haven't looked the same since. And the Niners coming off a heartbreaking loss here. 
I like San Francisco a lot in this game. I think this is one of the things I said preseason. We were doing our preview. Could this be the last year for Pete Carroll? A one and three start would not be helpful in trying to keep the 72-year-old Pete Carroll as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Dude, this situation sucks so much, right? (laughs) We're in a spot where the Niners need a big win. Seattle needs a big win. And every time that happens, stupid Seattle comes out of nowhere and just wrecks us. So I am not optimistic. The only saving grace is that this game is at home. And that's it. It's really a pick game to me, honestly, truthfully. Like, anytime these games get together, I don't care what Vegas says. Vegas is smart, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. This is a knockdown, drag out. Fuck you, Seattle. Don't like you. Get out of here. You're in our home turf. You're not going to eat turkey on our 50-yard line during the Thanksgiving game, you Jags. Get out of here. Niners, let's go. Come on. It's a, it's a pick'em game, though, honestly. Like, I mean, it really is. The weaponry that we can provide, the way Kyle Shanahan's mixed in uh, Trey Lance a little bit uh, in, in some of the, the run game, especially toward the goal line, uh, helps. Um, I'd like to see a little more of what Jimmy G did during the Green Bay game because that was a little more consistent than I've seen him in a long time. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the Niners here. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I just I think that when it comes down to a, a very close game like this, I'm going with the quarterback I believe in more, and that's Russ. Like I, I just I think I, I'm really excited to see what he can do in this divisional game. This is usually when he steps up, like you said. Usually he pulls something out. I'm really excited to see uh, what that is. And, and I just, the feeling I have is that Seattle needs this a little more, you know, they have a losing record technically and they're going to come out there and I think they're going to pull it off. Uh, you know, they had that overtime loss against the Titans. They've played some good games this year. They've looked bad really only one week. And I just think that they still have it. I'm going to, I would, I think that they're going to go in with the narrative and, and really push that. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think that, they're probably going to go in and, and cause some trouble for that Niners defense. I, uh, I don't really know how to, again, another game. I don't know how to feel about. I will say right now, I like San Francisco. I think San Francisco proved to me a lot on Sunday night. You know, they won tight against Philly on, on in week two, and they were able to move the ball against a pretty good green Bay defense. Yeah. And I know green Bay gave up a, a bunch of points there in week one, but that green Bay defense is, has been better in the last two weeks. And I, I don't, I don't I see, just, I don't see Seattle coming in and, and throwing the ball over this. I don't see them running the ball all over the place. And honestly, the play calling, everyone talked about it. Hey, is this going to be the new, is this going to be the letting Russ cook? They, this, this offense feels just as confused as it was last year. And San Francisco feels like they know what they can do. They know what they do well, and they're going to go out and do it. And I, I just think at home, I, I right now I, I'm leaning towards the Niners. Uh, but for right. the for the for Seattle, the game plan has to be what the Packers did with Devontae Adams on Sunday. Yeah, night. but they and also with DK they, Metcalf, but they and haven't just, gotten like, dropped him the ball. But they haven't gotten DK the ball all year. Yeah, now's the DK, time. I mean, DK hasn't Seattle. had the ball all year. Tyler Lockett's banged up going into this one. I just don't. I mean, yeah, Seattle's probably going to go and try to attack the cornerbacks of San Francisco, but I I just don't see them doing it. All right, Ravens Broncos first test for your boys, Vito. How are we feeling? Oh man, I this is this is a really big question mark for me too. I mean, I, I love my team. Um, you know, 
but I know who we've played. And I also know that if we played some other teams earlier this year, we probably wouldn't be undefeated. So I'm realistic about it. I think that Baltimore though, has been very shaky. I think it's almost a barometer test for them too. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the way I'm, I'm playing this. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I like that. It's at home. Um, especially 425 Eastern. So it's like 625, whatever it is, their mountain. So it's going to be a, almost like a night game. I'm sorry. No, it's 225. It's like an afternoon game. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's still, it's still something that later window I love. I think I believe in our, in our defense. I really do. And I think that the way Baltimore's offense has looked, if we can just push everything up and see if they can try and beat our corners and safeties. Cause we have a kick-ass back, back half of the defense. Uh, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, they look that defense looked great even without Bradley Chubb. Like that's how good the Broncos defense is. Um, also, I need another thirty points on fantasy. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I think that they they have the the tools on defense to stifle whatever scheme game plan that John Harbaugh can draw up. Uh, in terms of a, if you stop the run game, that's that's what everybody's done successfully except the Chiefs against the the Ravens this year, um, and and then you have a chance. You put yourself in a in a in a spot where you have a chance. Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who can lead a, a game and, and get you a big play late in the game. So, uh, I, you know, I, I I think it is a big test. Uh, but the Broncos uh, at home uh, makes sense to me. The three and zero. Yeah, uh, I know at home this year. So I think Denver's built perfectly to handle the Ravens offense. I think they're going to say Lamar has to beat us in order to win. And after what Detroit did to them last week, I think Denver's going to be all right. And I think the other thing, too, is I think Denver can beat you in a multi- multiple different ways as well. Yes, losing KJ Hamler for the season sucks, but they still have what three really good wide receivers there. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Noah Fant's going to be in the mix. They got four legit pass catchers. They got two good running backs, and you have a quarterback who's going to consistently make the right decision. You're going to make Lamar run the ball, and Marquise Brown is not going to be running wide open against Justin Simmons in the back end. I think Denver does – I mean, right now Denver is favored by a point, but I think Denver has a very realistic chance of winning this game, but I think it's going to be pretty tight, and I think it's going to be low scoring. A little bit of breaking news for you guys here, all right? According to uh, Adam Schefter, Kendrick Lamar – Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop Dogg will be performing in Los Angeles during the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, finally, a good one. How awesome does that sound? Wait, can you go through that list again? Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop Dogg. This is going to be an absolute blast of a halftime show with all those people. That is just the West Coast bangers that they're going to play. People every, are going to go nuts in LA. Every four or five years, man, they come out with they they pick the perfect Super Bowl halftime show. They had and, to go big in LA. I mean, yeah, in yeah. that stadium, that just sounds incredible. I wow, I've not been excited for a halftime show in a while. I am. I am buzzing off that. All right, we got three more games left we got to talk about, and then we got to take a break. Steelers, Packers, in Green Bay. The Steelers, I got nothing. I I, I go back to what I said before the season. I think the Steelers are are, are like a five-win team. I know I kind of hedged on that a little bit after week one, but without T.J. Watt still, 
I mean, the Packers look like they're on an absolute tear, and I, I think this is Green Bay all day. More like on their healers. The only difference in this game is that the, the defense Ooh, is a little Scotty. bit better. Stop. <laughs> the defense is better in Pittsburgh, but I think Green Bay showed on Sunday night against a, a good Niners defense, too. They have multiple ways that they can beat you. Their offensive line was unbelievable. They got such yeah. a good push. Uh, and those some of those – most of the runs, I think, um, that, that Aaron Jones had uh, were – big chunk plays because the offensive line got such a good push and that's a young unit and they're going to build on that game that against a good defense, take it into Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd expect nothing less. Vita. So here's what I look at again. I, I actually think this could be a close game, um, but it comes down to these quarterbacks. And I, I was just checking uh, Aaron Rodgers, 37, but he didn't play those first three or four years that in the NFL. And Big Ben did. Big Ben's 39, so he's got two years on him. And he got crazy. They're only two years apart. I know, right? Because it seems like they're so much different because Aaron Rodgers started so much later. And Big Ben got thrown in his rookie year, went 15 and one, which is incredible, but got he got beat up like a lot in his early years. That was when he was actually Big Ben and he would get hit and somehow get out and get a throw off. You know, he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL in the last couple of years. Um Man, I just I believe in Aaron Rodgers over Big Ben at this point in their careers, and it really shows you how um, Tom Brady is something special. So take him out, but like you usually see quarterbacks fade off around that thirty nine. Like I mean, recently Drew Brees, him. I think Aaron Rodgers is the next guy that can surpass that because he he has taken less hits and he takes care of his body too. So yeah, I'm excited to see it, and I, that's that's I would if I had to choose one, I'm gonna go with the quarterback. You know. Yeah, and but, Roethlisberger's just looked terrible this year. Exactly. Like absolutely terrible. All right, the last two games, awesome Sunday night game, awesome Monday night game. I don't think the game itself will be amazing on Sunday night, Bucks going to New England, but the environment, the experience watching that game is, is really going to be something special. And uh, and I'm really excited to, to kind of see – I mean, if you're a Pats fan, you, you have to welcome Tom back to an absolutely – standing ovation give him all the applause everything he deserves because i mean any player who does that for any sports organization arguably the most impressive thing we've seen deserves you know i would love to go back and watch michael jordan's first game in chicago with the wizards because it should match that if not be even better given what he spent the amount of time he spent there what he gave to that organization and then we talked about it on on tuesday a little bit you know the kind of kinsmanship between him and belichick what happens pregame? Do they go up and shake hands? Do they ignore each other? There's a lot of like theatrics and conversations surrounding this game that I think is going to be really, really entertaining. It's a great Sunday night for that, where we can spend time to look at all the ambiance around the game and what's going on. Um, you know, Tom Brady's coming into this though. And on the field, I think what I'm interested in is, is like him and Gronk and no one knows that better than Belichick. So like, mm-hmm. does he have a solution? Like what we'll find out, but like, he's the one guy of anybody, any coach in the NFL that could stop one of the most dynamic duos in, in history, especially when it comes to touchdowns and productivity. Yeah. So uh, that's, I'm interested to see that. Like, this is the first time we will see Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick, like the offense versus defense. Cause we always talk about this quarterback versus this one, but it's really quarterbacks versus defensive coordinators. And that's exactly what this is. And it's not only that because like Belichick's son, like two of his sons are on the staff on the defensive side. Like this is a Belichick family game uh, against, you know, Tom Brady and he's known them all probably their whole lives. So oh, it's yeah. going to be, a, 
Yeah, it's gonna be a really interesting Steve matchup. Belich- yeah, I was gonna Steve Belichick talked about the the importance in in watching Tom Brady growing up and and the the factoring in. Like if you if you go find the press conference clip they interviewed Steve Belichick about it, it, it really is like it's like almost heartwarming. It's weird to see any emotion coming from a Belichick because Steve with yeah. the mullet, you know, he's the blonde <laughs> one with the mullet who's basically just a mirror image of of his dad. But it really is it's amazing the respect level that's there and deep down. I understand that there's, you know, not the best relationship between the two, but there is a mutual respect there between Bill and Tom that goes yeah. beyond, you know, anything we've really ever seen in, in football. Yeah. And, and that's why I think this is going to be a special game. I don't care what happens on the field. I will watch it obviously um, like every minute of it. And I'm really excited about that, but I, I do I worry about what the Patriots offense can do against the Bucks defense. They're fast. They're flying around. Um, and I, I, I really do think that they kind of get it together a little bit in this game. And you know, Tom's going to have that team dialed in and ready, yeah. uh, especially coming in after the loss against the Rams. Cause Tom Brady hasn't lost two games in a row. Like I yeah, wait, mentioned we should, on last pod. We should clarify that by the way. Yes. Um, we, we made a mistake. We made a boo-boo. Um, I made a stat a was thrown out. I didn't listen close enough. And, and, and we were talking about the thought of, hey, could Tom Brady lose two, two games in a row? But our brains got jumbled, and, uh, and we all kind of signed off on it. So, hey, look, one of us makes a mistake. It's, a pod, it's the pod, man. We're all in this together. So, no, no, yeah, no beating up. But, no, Tom Brady has not lost two games in a row. And he will us. not this weekend. He will not this weekend. I don't think so either. Uh, Scotty? You on the same page with us? You think this is Bucks all the way? Yeah, I'm. I'm more interested in seeing the legs of Carrie Underwood in the pregame, saying Sunday oh, Night Football God. on NBC. I mean, jeez, this game's going to be a blowout. Boo, Scotty. Boo. I do love her. Shavast. Chauvinist. I almost said Shavast. That's yoga. <laughs> My brain's not doing great, guys. It's been a long week. <laughs> not great, Pop. Not great, Bob. Um, be a goldfish, no, buddy. You, yeah, be a goldfish. <laughs> Scotty, by the way, has been nonstop texting me about Ted Lasso, which I love because uh, Ted Lasso is so amazing. good. And and oh, yeah. uh, in terms of our random life stuff that we talk about, yes, we are like every other podcast in the world. We love Ted Lasso. It is an amazing show. And no, I don't care if you think that we're jumping on the herd because it's just a phenomenal television show. Uh, Monday night, awesome Monday night game. Two of the first four Monday night games feature the Las Vegas Raiders. To quote my good friend, Scotty Miller. How about that? How about that? <laughs> uh, Raiders and the Chargers. I'm really excited for this game because I think we have a matchup a here that the Raiders are not, you know, the Raiders have looked good. They beat the Steelers, right? They hang on in overtime to beat the Ravens. They win last week in overtime to beat the Dolphins. This, to me, this is the best team they've played so far, and everyone loves the Raiders and Derek Carr and how good they've been offensively, and they've been great. But we just saw this Chargers team, and rookie cornerback uh, Asante Samuel has not given up a touchdown yet. He's not given up any major plays. He's the only starting defensive back who's a rookie who has not given up a touchdown through this point of the season. He's been phenomenal. I think the Raiders are in some serious trouble here on Monday night. And I, if last week wasn't the coming out party, cause it wasn't a, a prime time game, this is going to be the, Hey, the chargers are here and they're here to be legit. Man. I think this is going to be, I mean, again, it's, it's at their stadium at, at right. Yeah. It's, it's in LA. It's in LA. Yeah, it's yeah. Not so far, and, yeah. 
And so we're going to have that. The Raiders, it's also just weird. The Raiders have, have moved around. Raiders were once the LA Raiders, right? Like this is a whole division that's been mixed and matched. And, and fans remember that. There are LA Raider fans. Trust me, when I was growing up there, there were more Raiders fans than Rams fans or Chargers fans even, mm-hmm. like for they, real. So, LA Raiders? Yeah, like, and they won Super Bowls there. So w- when you're looking at that, you know, keep that in mind. I think that's, LA- that's a good point. Yeah, like I, I think we'll see a lot of LA Raiders fans here. And I actually think that this could be um, one of those big moments for Justin Herbert, though. You know, I, I really think that he's at that level. I think the world of him. I actually, I don't know what the line, what was the line? I th- this should be right a now the Chargers. Up. Chargers are a three point favorite. So it's a pick, yeah. it's basically a pick. Yeah. And I, I agree with that 100%. Um, man, I'm excited I don't for, even know which way I'd go. I'm excited for Rashawn Slater versus Max Crosby, too. That's, that's a gonna, good point. That's going to be a really fun matchup. Scotty, how are you feeling on this one? And then after that, we're going to get to our picks against the spread before we uh, take a break. I'm still interested to see if the Raiders on both sides of the ball are for real. Because I don't know. Like, Miami has underperformed. Pittsburgh has underperformed. Um, who else have they played? The Ravens uh, in week one. The Ravens, who I think, With the exception of the Chiefs record, win, underperformed. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know what the what the Raiders are yet. I really don't. That division's wide open. It really is. And and I think uh, the Broncos can make a big statement with the win statement win. I think here and and same for either of these two teams in the division. This is going to go a long way in deciding uh, how that AFC West shakes out. But uh, we'll I'm, see. I'm- I, I I believe in Justin Herbert way more than Derek Carr. Uh, and Derek Carr has proved me wrong in the first three games. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But Scotty, I'm right with you, man. Like I I've maintained all season that yes, the, the Raiders are off to a, a fast start, but I still don't, I still don't know if they end with a, with a winning record. I, I legitimately don't, you know, cause I, I, I laid it out last week when Vita and I were talking, like, I don't know if the team's going to be able, cause this has happened every year. Like guys don't want to play there. And when you have a culture where only a couple guys like Derek Carr and Max Crosby, who's like, in, and Darren Waller, who are like indebted to the Raiders organization, they want to play there. But when your stellar offensive line gets traded away because half of them don't want to be there, and yes, you find replacement players, I think that says something about the culture. And yes, they're three and zero, but at the same time, if they finish the year seven and nine, I'm not going to be surprised. Seven and ten, damn it, I did it. I'm not going to be surprised. I'm just not. So I think I, I really like the, the Chargers in that game. I think it's a big one. All right. Picking at the spread. Rapid fire. Jacksonville at Cincinnati tonight. Right now, Cincinnati's a seven and a half point favorite. Where are you guys going? Uh, Bengals. Man, I, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bengals. No, no. Go, I'm, going go Jags. I'm going Jags. Go bro. I'm going Jags. Let's do it. Joe Bro, Jamar Chase have three touchdowns together. Uh, I think just they might replicating the national championship. Nah, I'm going Bengals. I'm flip flopping back. I'm oh going Bengals. God. He convinced me. I'm using pen here, Vito. I can't oh. erase. Oh. I'm taking got- Jacksonville, and I think not only does Jacksonville cover, I think Jacksonville wins the game. I know that sounds crazy. I just I think the no, Bengals. I, I think the I, Bengals are due fun. for a letdown. Letdown. I, I like Jacksonville. All right, Kansas City at Philadelphia. Kansas City is a seven point favorite. Kansas City. I mean, for all the reasons we've talked about. Yeah, I'm not taking that bait. 
Not at all. Kansas City's too good of a team. I know. I think the Eagles are better than they played on on Monday night against uh, Dallas. Dallas is a terrible team, but um, I think I'm going to keep saying that all year long. But I think the Eagles are better than they played. Uh, I'm not taking the bait though. Kansas City. Kansas City. Remember, I did say rapid fire. Rapid fire. The answer we were looking for was rapid fire. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, Scott. Um, Washington football team at Atlanta right now. Washington football team is a one and a half point favorite. I'm gonna mm. take the Falcons at home. Yeah, Falcons home. Falcons at home. I am taking the Washington football team. Give me that defense. Houston at Buffalo. Buffalo, 16 point favorite. Man, with the rain, I'm taking Buffalo. We'll see, but this is this is going to be close. That's a huge spread. I'll take Houston to cover. Oh, I do not believe in Davis Mills, and I do not believe if it's Tyrod Taylor, I'm taking them to cover. But no, I'm taking uh, Buffalo to to, to cover the 16 here. All right, <laughs> Detroit at Chicago. Chicago is a three point favorite. Detroit, give me the lines all day. Kneecap biting, NFC North fighting, running, gunning. Wheeling, dealing, sons of the guns. Uh, Ric Flair. Woo! Detroit Lions. I'm taking the Lions, too. Nothing's, I can't follow that up. Nothing says the Detroit Lions like Ric Flair. He's a Minnesota guy, so I just figured NFC North. That's fine. Carolina at Dallas. Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. I'm taking the Cowboys. Carolinas. I'm taking the Cowboys easy. I think this is a spread that everyone should take, by the way. This might be one of those where Vito is just right and Scotty and I just don't see it. I just, I, that, we talked about last week, that four and a half points. Mm-hmm. When you get that line, it's a field goal game. You guys can cover. I'm going to take that extra point and a half. I'm taking Carolina. Indiana, uh, Indianapolis at, uh, at Miami. Right now, Miami is a two-point favorite. I'm going to take the Colts. I think, well, you said Jonathan Taylor is, what, questionable? Or- questionable. As is Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'll take. Miami. I, I think I'm. I'm going to take the Colts. Still, I'm going to take the Colts. You're taking Miami, Scott. Yeah, I am too. Because if if it is a field goal win and Miami wins, then you're covering the spread, and I like Miami to take that one. All right, Cleveland at Minnesota. Right now, Cleveland is a two point favorite. <laughs> Cleveland all day. Uh, yeah, Browns are two and one against the spread this year. Give me the Browns. I'm also taking Cleveland. All three of us on the Cleveland bandwagon. I think they destroy that offensive line for Minnesota. Giants at New Orleans. Right now, Nola is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Won't bet against the Saints. Saints are, like, one of the best teams ever against the spread, giving the Saints. You say seven-and-a-half? Seven-and-a-half. I hate those lines, In man. the dome. I'm taking the Saints, but I hate those lines. wish it was seven just for the push, you know? That's how they get you, Vito. <laughs> I'm struggling with this one. Yeah. But I'm going to take New Orleans. Because I think I think they just shut down the Giants offense altogether. Tennessee at the Jets. Tennessee is a seven-point favorite. Uh, uh, yeah. Take yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> and, and run. I can't believe and that. Hammer that. Seven points. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that fan base in the Jets is I don't I don't think they're going to be making too much of a difference there for uh for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Arizona at the Rams. Rams giving mm. four and a half. 
Four and a half is a lot of points. I I think the Rams one. win, but four and a half. Yeah, I, I'm going to say they're going to cover it too at home. I'm taking them. Dangerous spread though. Yeah. Very dangerous. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Rams to cover. You're going to take the Rams? Yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking Arizona as well. I think it's just going to be a field goal type game. And I think it, again, that four and a half, you get that extra point and a half. I'm going to take it. Seattle at San Francisco Niners given two and a half. Seattle all day pains me. Yeah. It really pains me, but the Niners are, I know they're own one. They've only had one home game, but they're not really good against the spread at home. So I'll take begrudgingly Seattle. Give me the Niners. I, I, I like it. That. I like the two and a half. You kick a field goal again, game winning field goal. You, there's a good chance you're going to cover. Even if it's three point, you're good, you might cover. I like San Francisco to win that game. I like them to win by at least a touchdown. Baltimore at Denver. Right now, Denver is a one point favorite. I'm actually shocked we're a favorite. Um, and that's surprising. I'm going to take Denver, obviously. I just believe in us and at home, and, and we'll see if this defense is for real. I think this is a toss up game. We're going to find out a lot about these two teams. I know it's rapid fire, but one thing I did want to say, by the way, I never mentioned this Von Miller won defensive play, like AFC defensive player of the month. And what's awesome is it's his first month back of football in a long time after an injury. So shout out to him. Great job. Yeah. The glasses. How about that? Uh, the Broncos are unbelievable against the spread at home. Give me the Broncos. All right. All three of us are on the Broncos. Keep in mind, Lamar Jackson was kept out of practice for two straight days with lower back, back inflammation. Injury. So I agree. Oh, I stop think, flipping I think, into the end zone. I think Den- yeah, that's yeah, it doesn't look great right now. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Green Bay is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, wow. That defense is really good. No, give me the give me the Steelers to cover. You said six and a half, right? Six and a half. Uh, I'll take the Packers. I'm also going to take Green Bay. Without TJ Watt, that that defense just is not the same. And I think I think Green Bay wins by a couple of touchdowns. I don't think it's close. Tampa Bay, the return of the kid. Apparently, one of his nicknames is the uh, not the the Pharaoh. Yeah, I think it's the Pharaoh. Didn't know the that about Pharaoh? Tom Brady. <laughs> Apparently, sounds right nicknames. though. <laughs> he, he's everything. Um, Right now, New England is a seven-point underdog. Oh. Give me the, give me the Patriots. Ooh. Give me the Patriots. I think Belichick draws up enough scheme to slow that offense down. Give me the Patriots. They're unbelievable on their last ten and all like the last ten years on against the spread. So Patriots at home. Yeah, I think a lot of that was to do with the guy on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady, and I'm going to take those those bucks and run. I, I think the biggest thing that we've seen is that if, if the defense had held up, but I just think that the Bucks got this with Tom going home. I think Tom Brady is on an absolute mission, not just to mm-hmm. beat the Patriots, but to try and embarrass them. This is going to be fourth and one on the goal line. We're calling a fade to Gronk or a fade to Mike Evans kind of performance. Tom Brady wants five touchdowns and – he is ultra competitive in that same class of the guys as, as Michael Jordan, but he's different in that he doesn't want to rub it in your face up front. He doesn't do the trash talk. He wants his playing to dictate just how dominant he is. Give me Tampa Bay. Give me the Bucks. I think they win by two touchdowns, and I just don't believe in Mac Jones against that defense. Last game, 
Raiders, Chargers. Chargers are a three-point favorite at home. All day, Chargers. I'm there. Man, I don't know. I mean, this Raiders offense has thrown it up. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Raiders to cover. I am taking my side team this year and of last year and of the year before. Give me the Chargers. I love the Chargers. I'm all day, baby, all day. They need as many fans as they can get. And uh, and I think Monday Night Football, this is going to be the national game. We see Justin Herbert be the guy that we all think he can be against the defense that really hasn't had to prove itself and has barely won two overtime games. So give me the Chargers in this one. All right. That's NFL. Quick break. Come back. We're going to do our college football picks. And we're going to wrap it up here on a, uh, on a Thursday afternoon, Friday for y'all. And we'll get you into the weekend. College football insanity. It's basically what we've had all year. And this weekend, th- these are the weekends that you live for in college football because the matchups are just delectable. You guys like that word? Delectable? That's a good Delish. one. I'm a wordsmith. I'm a wordsmith. What can I say? Uh, That's good. <laughs> but no, there, there are a lot of really interesting games. We have like our, our top tier games, right? We have a bunch of great ranked on ranked matchups, but we also have some ranked versus unranked matchups that could be really interesting as well. So we got, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games that we're going to talk about quickly. And then we're going to give our oh, spread baby. out for each one here. All right. So first one, Friday night, number five, Iowa. Going to College Park, you guys know this well. This is not a fun environment to play in, especially on a Friday night. I believe Maryland's canceling all their afternoon classes. They're going to get that crowd freaking rowdy up in College Park. Tickets as low as $26. If I wasn't going up for a wedding this weekend, I think I would go to this game just for the hype of it. But, alas, I will be out of town. The Hawkeyes undefeated going up against the also undefeated Maryland Terrapins. How are we feeling about this one? Talia Tungavaloa has been fantastic this year. Uh, I'm really excited to see this one unfold. But Iowa's defense, you know, they're used to these kind of matchups in Maryland. Mike Loxley, they haven't been to this point. For me, like what I'm worried about is on the defensive side of Maryland's side. So they have this linebacker, Brandon Jennings. He's this awesome athlete. Um, he came out of Florida, I think. He's a true freshman, though. And he's uh, and he came right in and has played. And, and he's out now. Um, against you know after he i guess he had a little injury um but he, he went from game time decision I, I was just looking this up to out I, I think this is going to be a really tough matchup especially for a starting linebacker to miss against iowa oh man I, shit i mean this is going to be i think i was favored or um, how much is I, so is, i was is a three-point favorite yeah, I mean, I think they can cover that. I would go. I'm going to take Iowa, and it's just because of that missing a linebacker. I wouldn't bet against Kirk and his offense every single year. It doesn't matter who the quarterback, running back, anyone is. They they get it going and do just enough. And it's the offensive line and the way they control the clock. Maryland wants the ball. They want possession, and they're going to have the big plays. That's what Tungavilo does. And losing a guy on their defense is is huge. They've played three games this year. Four. Four games this year. They beat WVU. Uh, the the only comp I can have because everything else was uh, almost a blowout was uh, was get the game against Illinois on the road. Illinois is like a, a insanely worse version than Iowa. Tough Big Ten football, smash mouth, good defense, great offensive line, and the old school Big Ten. 
Maryland has no chance to cover that spread. No Ooh. chance at all. None. Ooh. I'm sorry. So I was going to come in and dominate on both on both sides of the ball in the trenches. The running game's going to dominate. They're going to prove why they're a top five team, and then they're going to roll into Penn State the week after, and it'll be a college game day, the whole fanfare, all the all the bit. But Iowa, Iowa I think rolls. I think I was a bit overrated. I think I was a very good football team, but I think we've we went from them being underrated at the start of the season to now all of a sudden they're the number five team in the country. Their offense is not that. They're they're just not. Their quarterback is not that. Their offensive line is good, but they don't also have any big-time running backs behind them. And honestly, if it wasn't for a couple of pick sixes, I mean, they've capitalized on big mistakes from the other team. Talia has, I believe it's like 10 touchdowns to one interception. He's got over 1,300 passing yards on the season already. I believe he's one of the, the leaders in the Power Five in passing yards. And yes, Maryland has looked okay. kind of off in a couple of these games, but – this Maryland team reminds me a lot of Indiana from a year ago. They don't play as good a defense, but in terms of that plucky upstart, and you're talking about, again, a tough environment with a fan base that has been – this is the biggest game. We had Scott Van Pelt on our show today, arguably the, mm. one of the coolest guests that we've ever wow. had on a radio show that I've been able to work. And Scott Van Pelt, the, the wonderful guy that he is and the biggest Maryland Terrapins fan in the world, you know, even he – is tempering expectations going into this game. But I do think there's a pathway. If you pick Maryland to cover, you're picking them to win. I think Maryland pulls off the win on a Friday night game. Give me the Terrapins. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to look like an idiot. But you know what? I the like last, Maryland in this one. The last time Maryland canceled all their classes and all this drama for a Friday night game, they got the wood laid on them by Penn State 59 nothing. So give me the freaking Hawkeyes. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But you know what? They've learned. Oh, enough with Maryland fans. Get out of here. It's been a few years. Not going to happen two times in a row. All right. Enough Uh, with Maryland. Another Big Ten game worth talking about here. Number 14 in the country, Michigan Wolverines going up against Wisconsin in Camp Randall. Wisconsin coming off an absolute bludgering by Notre Dame where they out. They had more total yards than Notre Dame by almost 150. And yet they still... Jack lost Cone, the game baby. by like 30 points. Well, Jack Cohn got hurt, and it was the backup whose uh, name I'm forgetting. Looks like Jack Cohn will probably play in this game. I don't know, man. I, I don't – I mean, Michigan, that game was tight against Rutgers, but I think Michigan is one of those teams that's going to gut out close, gritty wins. I think they're a traditional Big Ten type of team. Right now, Wisconsin's a two-point favorite despite the fact that they're one and two and just got the shit kicked out of them at, uh, in Soldier Field. How are you guys feeling right now with the Wolverines versus the Badges? You know, hey, I, I, hey listen, sweetheart. <laughs> Coach Corso. Uh, no, man. I, this is the game the Badgers need to win. They lost a Big Ten game already. They lost another ranked <laughs> opponent in, uh, in Notre Dame. They're at home playing a, a – a Big Ten East opponent, this is a game they need to win, especially with Iowa having what could be a frisky game on the other side, who's the other contender in the Big Ten West. Wisconsin needs to win to stay in it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, what I'm seeing, though, is that, you know, Wisconsin turns the ball over so much. And so can they get out of their own way? Like, that, they have four interceptions last week. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't be doing having this many turnovers – against, like you're saying, a Big Ten opponent who's going to run the ball well. 
I actually think Michigan gets it done. I hope the Wisconsin can, but man, I just, I just think that they're turning the ball over way too much and it hasn't stopped. So Scotty, you're on Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm taking them at least to cover if not win out. Yeah. Well, they're, they're two point favorites. So oh, they're two. So, so yeah, the win outright. Yeah. I got them winning out. So I, I, I'm with you Vito. I think Michigan wins the game and that's at this point, that's all they really need to cover the spread. I, I think Michigan, I just think they're going to be one of these teams that just kind of hangs around where you don't love them. But I, I just – you're right on the Graham Mertz thing. I mean, Graham Mertz has been bad. They don't have another quarterback behind them that you really you really believe in. Um, they have a guy whose last name – I think it's Tom Vanderboom or it's, it's something Vanderboom. His last – it was just a phenomenal quarterback name. Uh, but I I just don't – I don't believe in this Wisconsin team, and I thought I did. And what I, what I found most puzzling last week – was that Jim Linder defense getting exposed? And I don't think they'll get exposed two weeks in a row, but I do think they'll give up enough points for Michigan to win the game, and I think Michigan wins here. All right, next game up here, Auburn, number 22 in the country against LSU. Both Tiger teams are in a bit of flux right now, two years removed from the national championship, and it doesn't look like LSU's done that much better, but we'll see what ends up happening here against uh, Auburn. Auburn benches Bo Nix in that game. And they bring in T.J. Finley, who, if you know the career of T.J. Finley, an extremely talented quarterback, actually played for LSU last year, then transferred to Auburn. The quarterback decision has not been made. If I was Auburn, I would absolutely start T.J. Finley, but he's got a record of being a bit of a hothead. He's done, uh, you know, to kind of say the least there. And we know who Bo Nix is, and I think if Bo Nix starts this game, we get LSU to win this. Right now, LSU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. This game is in Death Valley. I like LSU to win, but if T.J. Finley's in there, maybe a little T.J. Finley revenge game, much bigger, better athlete than Bo Nix. I also wouldn't be surprised here if we see Auburn pull off the upset, which I don't even know if it's that much of an upset. I think this game is very evenly matched. I agree. I think Auburn takes it. I just think the Tigers are going to take it to the Tigers, and the Tigers won't be able to handle the Tigers, and it's just the All-Tigers. So... <laughs> All Tigers. How about that? Tigers rule yeah, this one. I'm picking the Tigers <laughs> to cover the spread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Vegas will take that as a, as an option, but uh, no, you're right. I mean, look, uh, with a little revenge game for the quarterback, a hothead, uh, a little bit. Um, I like that. I like the fire. I like the energy. I love starting that guy and tank Bigsby. I mean, yeah. this guy ran all over one of the, sorry to say, one of the best defenses in Penn State this year. <laughs> I, he ran all over us. He was just an absolutely lived up to his name. And and it's the greatest name for a running back. And he's not even the best time. running back in that room, which is this terrifying it's, part. It's crazy, right? So, I mean, LSU is just underperformed, I think, this year, uh, really, on uh, particularly on defense. Um, and if they can spread the ball around a little bit more uh, with that, what should be strong secondary turned uh, relatively weak, I think uh, Auburn – Auburn takes this one. They're a little so you more guys, battle You tested. guys are both on Auburn. I'm taking LSU. As you guys know, if I root for one Power 5 team, I'm rooting for LSU. So go Tigers. So far, either I'm going to be right. really right or and you guys are going to be really wrong or I'm going to look like an idiot because you two have been on the same page for the first three and I've been on the opposite side. Uh, all right, now we got Arizona State, 3-1, and one, taking on 3-1 and one, UCLA at uh, the Rose – not the Rose Bowl. Where, yeah, yeah, at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, That's yeah. What am I saying? What am I saying? Um, <laughs> right now, UCLA is a three-point favorite at home. I think this is an absolute trap game for Chip Kelly and the Bruins. 
I loved Arizona State coming in. They lost a tough game against BYU, but their season's not done yet. If they run the table, they're still alive. I believe in Jaden Daniels. I like Arizona State to cover the three and to outright win this game against the Bruins. You know I'm with what? you. I'm a- you're with oh, me? No, we're all on the same page. No, I'm with you. that can't be good. Um, so I'm going to go with it. Watch out for your boy, Chad Johnson Jr. at wide receiver for Arizona State. Love that. Was that Ocho Cinco's uh, kid? I actually don't even, I think it is, but I don't even know that for a fact. Uh, that Chad, if, if Chad Ocho Cinco has a son like playing it. in college football, I can't believe I wouldn't mm-hmm. have heard of this by now, but we got to yeah, get stats and info on that. Hey, we're on the Sun Devils, which means UCLA is going to win the game. Um, works up. All right, we got a few yeah. games left here. He is he is the son. He is the son. The formal bangers over here. So we're getting old, it. boys. We're getting old. And that's the Pac-12 South. That battle is up for grabs in that game. It is. It absolutely is. Especially after USC loses to Oregon State last week. I mean, that's that's a tough loss. First time in I think sixty years or something that uh, USC lost to Oregon State in uh, at home too. So all right. Mm. I'm going to ask you about your boys now because the top three games are just too good to, to make you pick your game last. So here we go. Indiana on the road, got the stripe out in Happy Valley. Big win over Villanova last week. Penn State is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite against the Hoos. The Hoos. So I need, I need a big game just once. I, I was not impressed with the offense against Villanova. They had some big plays. They had explosive plays. They won that battle. I was not impressed with anything else on the offense. Uh, I was impressed with the defense and the way that they played, and, and they did their job against, uh, against uh, uh, that Villanova team. What I need, and listen up, Nittany Lions, what I need from you. They listen to the pod, the whole team. They're, they're big. I, I bet they fans. do. They'd be wise if they, if they did. What Sean I need Clifford from you, I, yeah, super tight. What I need from you, Nittany Lions, is just an absolute explosive revenge game against Indiana in front of your fans in Beaver Stadium. I'll be watching from home. No, don't you worry. But we need a, a, an explosive revenge game. Put up just an insane number on the offensive side of the ball. The defense will do their thing, but give me a give me an explosive game. Prove to me you're the number four team in the country. So you're taking so Penn State. I like Penn State here. Yeah. 12 and a yeah. half. Yeah. I actually think Penn State covers two night game. Um, man, it's close. If I if you had like right away, if you asked me when I saw the spread, I would probably go Indiana. But what I what I love about this when I told is, you guys the spread in the break, you yeah. both were like, oh man, 12 and a half. I don't know if they're just, just, well, when, everyone, up. just when everyone at home I got fired notice, up. All right. I was going into this thinking I was going to be the only one that was going to pick Penn State against the spread here. And now both of you are picking Penn State against the spread. I got fired right. up. All right. I love it. I love bleeds it. in, bleeds in slowly. Um, so for me, I think one of the biggest deals here is um, what Scott mentioned was almost the offense last week. And I know you said you said you weren't impressed with it. I was of the utmost impression. Like that was an incredible game. We had five touchdowns over fifty yards. It was explosive. Big plays. It doesn't it. matter if all you have is big plays and you still win a game. Then fuck it. Who cares? I'm taking the Nittany Lions to sling it all over this Indiana defense, and I, I don't care if it's big plays or not. That was the second best game from a quarterback statistically we've seen from Penn State. Yes, it was Villanova. Yes, he should have had that game, but Sean Clifford's starting to do things he should, and that's why I'm going to take him to to finish off and run over Indiana. All right, let me let me set the stage for you guys. Oh boy, S- Saturday night. 
you're hearing the music. You guys know how it roar. You guys can sing it all. Mm. The crowd striped out blue and white. People tailgate all day. Drunk mm. Penn State I fans. Getting I got all jazzed up. They're getting freaking ready. So oh, who's who, gonna take Indiana? Who? Hoosiers? I don't know the Hoosiers. Who are they? Michael Penix, get out of here. Tom Allen, he LEO, hate each other. H-E-O. That's where it's going to happen when you come into this house. Sean Clifford, he's a bad man. Jaheim Dotson, he's a bad man. That D-line, oh, yeah. they are nasty. They are mean. And they're going to come out and absolutely lay the woodshed against Indiana. Is what I would say if I was going uh, to be picking Penn State to cover. But, um, no, I actually do think in all seriousness, I do think Penn State can very easily cover the spread. But from a purely analytical standpoint, as much as I do believe the revenge game after everything that happened last year with the stretch out and the stripe out and the fact that it's going to be in Happy Valley and all of those things coming in here, I have been steadfast in my belief in Tom Allen as a head coach. I've been steadfast in my belief in his ability as a defensive coach. And while I do think Penn State will win the football game, 12 and a half points is a lot, especially considering that neither one of these offenses, when they go up against another Power 5 team, has been particularly explosive. So I don't see Indiana giving up enough big plays to make this more than a 12 and a half point win. So give me Indiana to cover, but Penn State to win the game at the end of the day. All right, we got three Top 12 matchups left. We're going to start here. Cincinnati Bearcats. One of my favorite teams in college football. Going to number seven in the country, by the way. Going to Notre Dame. And the Bearcats, a group of five team, going to South Bend, are favored by a point and a half. Underneath touchdown Jesus. An absolute, this, this win for Cincinnati would be the would make the first real test, real case in the college football playoff era for a group of five team to start sniffing around actually making the playoffs. I love this. I, I love too. their favorite because I was not expecting that, even though they're ranked seven going to nine. Notre Dame Man. coming off a big win. Not really sure who's, Notre Dame, though, yeah. That's, not that's sure crazy. who the quarterback's going to be. If Jack Cohn is healthy, Brian Kelly said he's going to start. But just like Graham Ertz, Jack Cohn has missed some big throws, but he's also turned the ball over a decent amount. That running back room has not been as great. That offensive line has been banged up, and they're going up against arguably one of the top 10 defensive lines in the entire country, regardless of where they're at. They have two legit NFL prospects rushing on the edge. I like Cincinnati to cover the one and a half. I think Cincinnati wins this game. I take Cincinnati too, man. I, I love Desmond Ritter actually on the other side. I, yes. Like I'm, I'm into what Cincinnati does. And didn't Brian Kelly coach at Cincinnati before this? Yes, he did. Right? Yes, he did. And I, I hate Brian Kelly. So I'm going Cincinnati even more. I what don't a know why. random guy to hate. Dude, I know, right? But of all of all coaches on NFL or college level, he is my least favorite. Um, Way to execute. So wow. Uh, it, and it's, it goes back to how he treats his own players and his encounters on the sidelines and a bunch of other stuff from behind the scenes, but let's go Cincinnati Bearcats. Get that dub. I grew up Catholic. I was rooted for Catholic schools. My family wanted me to go to Notre Dame because it was Catholic. I had family that went there. So you got to think that Notre Dame's on the radar is what I would say. If I liked Notre Dame at all, I hate them. Give me the Bearcats. 
They're going to touchdown Jesus and tell him to fuck off. Get out of here, Cincinnati Whoa. Bearcats. Whoa. I was going to respond with that by saying religion is a cult and you got sucked into it, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> damn, we just no, gave man, him the kiss I, of I love death. the Bearcats here. We just, gave him a, we just gave him the kiss of death. Oh, well. All right. Two more games, both SEC matchups. Arkansas, Sam Pitt, biggest win in, in the program in over a decade. Took down Texas A&M took down Jimbo Fisher, and did so in pretty convincing fashion. They got a whole nother beast coming up here against Georgia. And now this Georgia front on defense and on offense is nasty. They dominate the line of scrimmage. And Arkansas, that's where their bread and butter is made. That's what Sam Pittman did his whole career. He was an offensive line coach, was never a coordinator, and he went from being an offensive line coach to the head coach at Arkansas. What we've learned time after time, is these heartfelt stories. Teams like Indiana last year jump up into the top 10, and then they take on Ohio State, and what happens? As much as I well, love – It was, <laughs> but they lost. And as much as I love Arkansas, I don't think they win this game. However, Georgia is an 18-point favorite. So the question is, can Arkansas cover that spread? Because I don't think any of us believe that Arkansas is going to win the game, and I could be wrong. But 18 points is a whole hell of a lot to cover for Georgia, especially with JT Daniels, who is expected to play but has not played in a couple weeks. I'll take them to cover. I don't think they're going to win. I think they're good enough to cover. Um, man, that, they're, that front is just nasty, and, and I really like the way that they played ball. Um, they're just, they're just so good in in every phase of the game. Georgia's just on a different level, though. I I think, I think Arkansas covers. I really do. But Georgia, I I don't see any way that they win this game. And if they do, good for them because they're going to jump above us. But, um, but no, I, I I think I think Georgia wins. Arkansas covers. What was that final spread? 18 points. 18. 18. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard, that's a hard line to take, but I'm going to take it. Cause I just think George is that good of a team. And, and uh, I don't think many teams are going to be close to them this year until they get to the playoffs. Every time we get multiple top 10, top 12, top 15 matchups, one game is usually really good. And one game usually is a stinker. And I think this game's a stinker. And I think Georgia's, I mean, they, they could have beaten Vanderbilt by 100 last week if they wanted to, and they were just nice enough to stop it at 62 to nothing. I really love Arkansas. I think there are good things coming. It's only year number two for Sam Pittman, and the fact that they're already this improved speaks volumes about what he's building there. But I don't see them going back-to-back top 10 wins, and I don't see them knocking down a team that I personally believe is the best team in the country in Georgia. I think Georgia wins by at least three touchdowns. Give me the Bulldogs. All right, last game. Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, the Ole Miss Rebels, heading to Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Right now, Bama's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Seems a little high to me, but it's Bama. So more often than not, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Where are you guys leaning? Oh, so, man. Go ahead, Bia. 
I, I think that, listen, the, the Florida game was tough. It came down to two points, and that's that's why I think everyone – I'm at least a little reserved about this spread. But I think they do that once a season. They always come back out hard. It's going to be a wild run here. They have this game, and they have Texas A&M after this. Um, but Saban's good to not let them overlook. I'm going to go ahead and say that they end up covering, which 14 and a half is tough, but I'm going to go with Bama covering. So I have two points. And the first one I'll direct to you, Vito. You know how we have one game a year every season because we play them every season that is always a tough game in the Big Ten, and that's Iowa. Ole Miss is to Alabama what Iowa is to Penn State. It's always a tough game every single season. 14 and a half is a lot. Now, fact number two, Arch Manning will be visiting Tuscaloosa this weekend to watch the Ole Miss-Alabama game. Ole Miss is where his uncle and grandfather went. I like the fire that Ole Miss provides in this matchup. Give me Ole Miss to cover. So I love the Arch Manning thing. I did not know that, and that is fantastic research on your part, Scotty. I don't think I love another player in college football as much as I love Matt Corral. He is so much fun to watch. He's electric throwing the ball. He's electric running the ball. And that Ole Miss defense is better now than it's ever been in the Nick Saban era, right? Ole Miss, every time they've, you know, when they've beaten, you know, when Houston Nutt was at, was at Ole Miss, right? Or not Houston Nutt. Who's the guy who's at Liberty now? Oh, Luke Williams? Um, no, the, 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 the coach, the guy who was up oh, the in, the, coach. in the bed. It's like, I don't think he cheated all. He cheated all and got all of his recruits. Uh, Someone look up who the Liberty head coach is going to drive me nuts. Oh my God. I know you're talking about too. Um, uh, God, this is going to bother me. Hold on. Hugh freeze. That's it. Hugh freeze. Thanks. When Hugh freeze, sorry, not Houston. Not when Hugh freeze was at Ole Miss and they beat Alabama. That was air raid, right? That was, that was one of the, changing of the tides for for Nick Saban to realize hey I got to start recruiting wide receivers and quarterbacks and, and going with this high powered offense they didn't have a defense they just got flat out beat with offense Alabama I said this week one when they played against Miami they had a lot of injuries in that game on the defensive side of the ball about four starters all left the game with injuries the thing that Florida did in that game was they ran the ball in the second half with a mobile quarterback, but one who couldn't also throw the ball. And they fought their way back into it. And normally, Vito, I'm with you, right? Because I picked Miami to cover the spread in week one, and I was wrong. And I picked Alabama to cover the spread against Florida, and I was wrong. So naturally, I should just pick Alabama here, and it'll, you know, it'll all kind of work its way out. But this Ole Miss team, when people think about Lane Kiffin, they think, oh, it's air raid, they just throw the ball. This team can run the damn rock. And will they be able to run against Alabama? Probably not as well as they have all year. But Ole Miss is coming off of a bye week. Matt Corral is not afraid. We listened to a clip of him today. Matt Corral is not afraid to go into Tuscaloosa this year. He is in the exact right mindset. I think he's the most talented quarterback in football right now, in college football right now. They have legitimate wide receivers, and they have an offensive coordinator who spent three seasons as the or their head coach who spent three seasons as the offensive coordinator for Alabama and can scheme up against Nick Saban. The only game that Alabama was close to losing last year was against Ole Miss. Not only do I think they cover, I think Ole Miss wins this football game. Wow. Mm. 
Wow. It's it's crazy too. The uh you see the line at 14 and a half, the over under 79. So we're talking about a major league shootout here. By the way, Scott, uh the last four years, Bama would have covered uh 12 uh, 14 and a half point spread. Really? Yeah. I'm that's I'm sticking with it. I like Ole Miss. I like yeah, Matt Corral. As, as talented as Bryce Young is, as talented as John Mechie is, they don't have a Najee Harris to run the rock against this team. They're not the same running team they've been in the past. And I think Lane Kiffin, I really think Lane Kiffin is queuing something up here to be good. And I'm I'm all in on what he's cooking right now. And, and Ole Miss right now, number 12 in the country for a reason. I think they beat Alabama. I really, really do. All right. That's our show. No random life stuff because we just we did too much football today. And football reigns supreme in this world. It just does. At least on this podcast, mm-hmm. it does. <laughs> Thursday well, night everywhere. football. If you go to Europe, football reigns supreme. That's too. true. You know what? You're right. Just a different football. Football. <laughs> uh, love you, boys. Appreciate y'all's time. We will be back on Tuesday. Another pod. We're going to recap all of this. Uh, and we're also in the midst of working on a bit of a collab episode with our buddy Chris Corgus, who hosts a podcast uh, now with Blue Wire Pod. And uh, we're going to try to get that figured out for next week if we can't, and the week after that. But we've got things in the works for the people. So for Vito, for Scotty, thank you all for listening. Follow us on all of our social medias. We will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy all the football. And as always, take it easy, everybody. Thank you for 50 episodes. We love you. Woo.